This episode of Growing Up Star Wars is brought to you partially by a generous bribe from Andy Leyland, who sent me a copy of the Star Wars Return of the Jedi Annual. It's a British um, Marvel Star Wars comic, and along with this note, Hello, Governor! Here's a Star Wars Annual as a bribe to get off your ass and make more Growing Up Star Wars. Hope you like it, Andy and family. Well, Andy and family, I do like it. I've learned an important lesson from this. If I stop podcasting for six months, I can finally squeeze a goddamn Star Wars comic out of Andy Leyland. Thanks. All right, let's get into this shit. This is ep- this will be number eight. Episode eight. Time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. Oh no! What will we do now? Are you getting to find a cigarette? Well, I don't think smoking is grown up at all. Don't be so ridiculous, R2. Underoos are for earthlings. All you need is a little rewiring, but children need to be fully immunized. I'm Jawa. Want to buy a droid? Sure, what you got? Wampa, wampa, wampa! We picked up something. It's the Millennium Falcon. I am Boba Fett. The ship you seek is nearby. Two True Freaks presents... Growing up Star Wars. Action figures sold separately. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Growing Up Star Wars. I'm Scott Gardner and I'm here with... (laughs) (laughs) I'm retarded. That's perfect. (laughs) And I'm here with Chris Honeywell. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Now we're all screwed up. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. It's been so long since we podcasted, I, I can't remember which one of us is which. <laughs> I've said it for years. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you either. Yeah, well, all the people <laughs> who thought we were dead, we're back. There you go. <laughs> Here it is. The semi-triumphant return, yes. <laughs> I'm just excited to be banging out a new episode. I know. Man. I don't even care what the hell we're talking about. I just, it's just fun. It's been way too long since we've recorded. God, we haven't had an episode out since just after Eternal Con, which was in what, June? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. After it's those crazy. two, after those two cons that I went to on the East Coast, it, that was just when, the, when we sort of went into hiatus. But like, yeah, at least we got a lot of, we got to churn out a lot of crap for those, uh, from those cons eternal con a riot man ever since eternal con i've just been wishing and and uh I'll, I'll put this wish out on the air in case we have any insanely rich listeners out there who <laughs> feel like just buying a tract of land somewhere that we can just ship all the two true freaks in to live in because that would be really nice huge tracts of land <laughs> well you know a compound if you will <laughs> It, it's funny because 
we we never intended to have a break. We never intended to to have a hiatus. We didn't discuss it. It just kind of happened, and it was just I, I, you know it's funny because you and I have actually barely spoken since then yeah. too, which has been odd. I mean we we have talked a couple of times but we haven't recorded anything together or what so we haven't really had a chance to compare notes but i'm assuming the last thing we did was that was i sat in on that interview on back to the bins was the last time you and i oh that's right yeah yeah but you know as far as actually sitting down and kind of comparing notes we we hadn't really and i i'm assuming that your story is probably very similar to mine, which is just, you know, the, it seemed like the moment that convention was over, that bang, you know, like a just, million things started yeah, happening. Well, the first it got really crazy. The first thing that happened with me was I threw out my back and that basically put me out of commission for a month. I did like one podcast on my back in that that first week I got thrown out. It was like the first day I threw out my back and I set up my secondary um, old laptop up next to my bed because I couldn't even really like turn on my side. I had to lay flat on my back and I had my microphone, you know, jury rigged over my face. And, uh, and it was luckily it was a, a Trennis Magnus show. So he was editing it. So all I had to do is lay there <laughs> and talk to him. I believe we were only shooting the shit on that show too. So I didn't have to have notes or anything. And that was the only thing I really, and and that was so, I got it done, but it was so logistically difficult that I was just like, all right, I'm just going to have to, you know, not, uh, it's, you know, I'm pushing it. So, so that, you know, between that and getting back into work and then (laughs) I would say what, like three weeks, less than a month after, after my back healed up, I, I was coming off a ladder and I decided to hop down onto the top of a of a trailer instead of climbing down the ladder and threw out my knee <laughs> Jeez. and I still got a knee brace on. And, th- and then later that day, this was on Halloween at work later that day, I dropped a cutting board on my, the, this is my right knee that blew out. Then I dropped a cutting board down just like a, Oh, what, what, what do you call it when you're for beheading people? Oh, like a guillotine, like a guillotine on my left toe big toe ah and just crunched my left toe so i was i was basically i was like walking around work like cornelius from planet of the (laughs) apes like limping (laughs) on both feet but i was so happy that day because it was halloween and i was going home to watch ash versus evil dead that I was feeling no pain. I was actually laughing at myself because I'm like, look at me. I'm a fucking refugee from the planet of the apes <laughs> hobbling around. And uh, then the next day I felt it. <laughs> and then the next day I was like, okay, this is no joke. And uh, I, w- I went into work and I was limping around. And one of my coworkers was like, are you in really bad pain? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And she was like, here, take this, take this painkiller pill. And then I got through that day of work, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call in for a few days and just rest on my laurels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been spent I, basically after Eternal Con, and and I would have thought that those two cons right in a row would have been what broke me, but that's that they, like I would have thought Eternal Con would have been the one that got me, because I was on a bus, 
you know, to New York City and back. So I'm like, oh, sitting, that's going to kill my back. Then I'll be walking around with a backpack in New York City. Now it was great. It was fine. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I should be going to cons more than working. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be yeah. a great decision just, just to be able to make? Ah, I'm going to just stop working, go to cons. I what have like I been doing with my time? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want to be doing. And I then, was looking at the convention schedule just here in the local area for the next several months. I'm like, ah, oh, i got to figure out a way to work less, con more. And and I think basically, like, because neither of us have been out of the podcasting game. You've No. You've been still popping up on podcasts, and, and I've been doing, like, finishing off Garage Hill Gloat and doing stuff with Trent, Trentus and stuff. But I think it just came down to this... this like our work schedules you were off on the half of the week that i'm working and vice versa right so it's just it's just worked out goofy whereas now my schedule's changed a little bit it has altered a little bit because it's winter and now i don't have garage selling either so that clears up a day for me that's why i'm here right now <laughs> yeah it's it's just you know it's been a a a mixture of things i, I don't have <laughs> any amusing injury stories or anything it's it's really well, that's you know, good it's, anyway it's all been yeah no good for I mean, you I, it's I maybe the listeners are like ah damn it man you're a good <laughs> bloodbath i mean i'm i'm still getting over a cold you can probably hear it in my voice as a matter of fact Didn't I was you gonna say you had a gammy leg i heard you had a gammy leg. <laughs> well i mean everything's falling apart but that's just age you know but uh, no, I was going to. Your brain's intact, <laughs> as as much as it ever was. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I was going to record a, a new episode of my Superman show this morning, and um, I, I should give the proper name because now that sounds like a Scott Rifen production. Uh, <laughs> I've got a few things to say about Superman is the name of the show. I was going to record a new episode of that this morning, um, and I had all the homework prepped and everything, but. As I say, I'm still getting over this cold, and I wanted to save my voice for this episode tonight, so I, I didn't record it. But as soon as uh, the voice is truly back, then... Well, speaking uh, of Scott Rifen, he's not here tonight. He is not. We miss him. He's actually... He's down here in my neck of the woods. He's actually... Uh, as we speak, as we record this, he's actually uh, vacationing at Walt Disney World with his missus there... Uh, I saw pictures on Facebook this evening. They were eating at uh, Sanaa at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, celebrating their anniversary. So good uh, on him. Well, also, in the last growing up Star Wars, he was on it and we weren't on it. Or no, was uh, he even was on it? On the last one? Was he on no, the panel? Don't... He wasn't on that panel, was no, he? No, I don't think so. All right. Never mind. I was going to say this was our revenge. But I mean, originally we planned on on trying to get the three of us together, but this is we're we're we really want to get this one out before episode seven comes out. So right. It was sort of like this was our last chance to record, right? You know, and and have it out a little before the movie, you know, before movie day comes out. And we came up with a plan. We even have a plan for this show, although you you're gonna. <laughs> Yeah, um, we we decided since we're we're come we're back from our hiatus, we decided to go back in time 
and we're getting i guess it's kind of meta i guess we're gonna we listen to one of our old pot like old podcasts as a matter of fact i realized it was our first star wars podcast it was yeah it was the it was the third episode of two true freaks proper mm. so it's episode three i think it's episode seven well, the, the speculation was on episode seven. Oh, okay. Which at that time had not even been announced yet. So if you go back and oh, you right, listen right. to yep, yeah, the That's episode, why I have no, episode seven written on my notes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was episode three of Two True Freaks. So literally our third episode. And, um, and if you're looking for it on twotruefreaks.com, it's actually on the Star Wars Monthly Monday. It's like right. under the, but that's where it is. It's if you're looking for it. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that that's one of our very earliest you know it does it, it's it's hard to get much earlier than that there's yeah. only a couple episodes earlier than that one um but yeah you know at your suggestion uh, we both went back and and listened to that because here here's the story if you've never heard it is that episode i think we had entitled it something to the effect of episode seven a speculation or some ridiculous thing yep and what it was, was you have to remember, this was back in late 2008, so seven years ago. And there was no, you know, we didn't even conceive, there was no real even solid thing that we knew of or, or no plans. Nobody was really even dreaming about. There was no, episode three episode had already been out. out at, yeah, episode three had been out for, what, three years at that point. But there were no... There were no rumors, no rumblings, no nothing about an episode seven. So we were really just kind of just Spit bullshitting ball, around, when, just spitballing ideas. You know, well, I, gee, if it ever happened, what could it be kind of thing? We, we sat down and we said, let's think of 10 or 15 topics for a podcast. Right. And then we would just go through and sort of pick one and say, OK, let's do this one next. Let's do this one next. And, right. And uh and it's 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 funny listen, listening to it because, I you know you can hear us almost halfway through the podcast just get flustered by trying to figure out how to what would be a a, a proper episode seven that we would like and and start talking about like oh that Clone Wars cartoon is coming out <laughs> yeah you know I I, if that'll I, be any good. I have a hard time listening to our oldest episodes, you know, well before we got, you know, the good microphones mm -hmm. and everything because the sound quality is just... I call you know, my I, microphone the breather and yours the clunker. Yeah, I had the clunky headset and we had all these verbal tics and, you know, it's, it's just, it, it was, you know, the beginnings of Two True Freaks. It was our earliest stuff. And we, you can tell that we're not really working off of notes or it's, it's just the episodes all over the place. And so there's actually the episode itself runs, I want to say three hours or pretty it's like, close it's to over it, two it's hours. Low. Yeah. It's like yeah. two hours, 48 minutes or something like that. And the actual speculatory talk about episode seven probably encompasses a half an hour of that. Right. right. You know, everything it's, you know, every it's all over the place with, I mean, it's, it's all star Wars talk and it's pretty good star Wars talk, but you know, the, the subject of the show, you know, speculating on, on episode seven really doesn't take up very much of the episode itself. It's, it's all this other talk about everything else, star Wars that really 
kind of carries the episode. But I, I did. I went back and I listened to it, and, you know, as painful as the experience was, and tried to glean some stuff out of it. And uh, a couple of things that that I did glean out of it that I'm pretty proud of myself because mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like a couple of them might actually be coming there's, true in this movie. Yeah, there's some definite hints that that there's some there's some things that I think we got seems like we might have gotten dead on. And then there's some stuff that's like, like one of the things I remember we were right off the bat, we're like, well, one thing we don't want right off the bat is the empire. No empire, no stormtroopers and blah, blah, blah. That's right out the window. 1000%. (laughs) And I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed about that. And we didn't want Luke to go to the dark side, which is unknown at this point. That those were the two things that we were just like no 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 no. But yeah. a lot of the, the the lot of the stuff that we were yes to, yeah, maybe they were listening. Maybe they were listening. <laughs> well, the the big one for me, and uh, it, it's one of the things that has helped make me slightly more enthused about episode seven you know the the act you know the i should say the force awakens to differentiate from our episode about episode seven one of the things that's that's really helped kind of made me more enthused about it is one of the things that i speculated upon in the episode that we did was what if han at some point past return of the jedi didn't stick around for whatever reason he and Leia didn't work out and I I remember being very enthusiastic I've always liked this idea that that you know Han didn't stick around and it seems like that might actually play into this new movie now I really like the image in the trailers and everything and you know for the new movie where it shows Leia you know like giving him a hug you know it looks like that, like a big battle's about to start or something, and she, you know, she's like laying her head on his chest, kind of thing. It's a little so, awkward, though. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's. I, I mean, it looks like maybe this is like the first time in twenty years they've like touched each other. You know, right? But I'm, I'm still hoping that despite, you know, I like the image. I, I like, you know, how it's filmed and everything. But I'm hoping that my, my whole. Um, prediction, you know, my whole desire still carries through, which is they didn't work out and that this is not a reconciliation. I, because I, I don't want to see that. I have no problem with them seeing each other again after, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever and maybe being, becoming friendly with each other or whatever, but, or at least being able to work together or stand in the same room or whatever. But I don't want it to be. A reconciliation piece. I don't want them to pull an Indian Marion from Indy Four. Right. You know, I definitely do not want that. So I'm, I'm hoping we don't go there. Um, just been there, done that. You I, know? I liked what you said in the episode about like, you know, what <clears throat> once you know if they've left and and are now back, you know, having to interact with each other. Now you have that dynamic where you know these people love each other. But you also have an ex-wife, ex-husband dynamic right. added to the thing. And, you know, there's a reason that he took off and or, you know, or and or so, you know, 
that could that could add an interesting twist. And they've been like, there's been a lot of people um, mentioning that that Han Solo has a lot more to his character in this movie than he's had in in the past. So there, there, you know, whatever the reason may be behind him, you know, leaving or whatever, maybe. I, I, you know, I really hope that there isn't some piece of exposition or something that explains it. I hope they just, you know, leave it up to you to sort of piece together with your imagination. You know, that's that sort of thing. I have a feeling that the story to it isn't going to be super complicated. I just I just don't think it's going to be. So, you know, I, I think it'll be an element of of the whole thing. Right. Another thing that we said that looks like it's is uh, we we were like we were both sort of intrigued with the idea of maybe a female Padawan or a Luke character, which it looks like right. that's happening. And and awesome. I've I've noticed there hasn't been the internet like whoa you know what's a woman play blah, 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 because I don't know something about her character looks like a star she looks like the luke skywalker character of the you know she looks like she belongs as a as a hero in a star wars movie so i like that i like that i like all the casting stuff that i've seen i'm not getting the feeling though that she's that she's the you know the luke character i'm getting more the feel that um I'm sorry, I don't I don't know character names. I've really tried to stay away from spoilers and things, but the uh for lack of a better way to describe it, the black kid. I get the feeling oh, that Finn. he's Is that his name? Finn, yeah. I get the feeling that he's the the Luke character, or you know, at least the Jedi character or whatever, the lightsaber wielding character. And that she might be playing more the Han role. You know what I mean? Because I think they're still trying to go for a classic Star Wars vibe, you know, where you have, you know, you have the the cute droid and you have, you know, you know, the the saber wielding bad guy and all that. But with the hero element of it, I think that they're trying to go much more with a Luke and Han dynamic, because that's one of those things. It's one of those common complaints I hear leveled against the prequels that I actually agree with a bit is that I think in say Phantom Menace is a good example in Phantom Menace. If Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had had more of a Luke and Han dynamic between them as opposed to a Luke and Obi-Wan dynamic, like from star Wars, like the original movie, I think it might've played a little bit better because you kind of needed that, that, yeah, you know, kind of wiseacre smart ass, you know, you need that, dynamic in star wars you know because it, it, it lends a certain i think maybe man. lucas thought that was going to be obi-wan but it didn't really work out that way yeah there, there, there wasn't really a good wiseacre character you know sort of wild card character you know yeah someone exactly. someone who is sort of an independent you know semi-independent player i think it's going to be that hot shot x-wing pilot the poe dameron guy that you see getting the mind meld or whatever the the sith mind meld or whatever is happening there i think he's going to be the han solo i have a suspicion and this is just 
all you know, uh, everything of course is all speculation but i have a suspicion that i don't think the F- finn guy is going to make it through the i think he's sort of a a um uh, well it it could be the, i you see my theory is i think finn and um kylo ren were luke's padawans were getting trained by luke as Jedi at some point, which I'm starting to, that, that theory is losing a little, um, um, ground because I, I saw some interview with the guy, John Boyega, who plays Finn saying, you know, Finn's a stormtrooper, blah, 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 who, you know, wants to, you know, wants to break free of that. So I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I could see like <laughs> maybe Finn and Kylo Ren, who I'm betting is going to be Kylo solo or something, something like that. We're maybe training under Luke. And then for some reason, Luke was like, yeah, you know, screw this. We don't need a Jedi Sith thing going. Who know? Or he sent something in the force and he took off. Screw you guys. I'm going home. And those, and those two went, you know, one went towards evil and one went towards good. And I was thinking maybe you would see, you know, Maybe I was thinking Han Solo and Princess Leia are hugging because John Boyega killed their son. You know, they found out their son was a guy sithing around and and blowing things up and just got killed or, or, or something like that. Or that their son is just basically Darth Vader now. Right. I, that's sort of there's I've heard that like George Lucas's treatment that they worked off of, you know, however many variations i'm sure it's quite a different thing had a lot more family ties to the characters than this movie does they 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 trimmed down a lot of the character relationships everything i've read said that they didn't go with lucas's treatment and you know granted i just saw something today and i didn't read the whole article but i just saw something today saying that you know lucas has seen forced awakens and sums it up as pretty good but everything I had seen prior to that, you know, kind of reading between the lines, right. sounded like he was kind of stung by the fact that, you know, they gave him his money and patted him on the head and sent him on his way, and they weren't really using any of his stuff going forward. It, it sounds like to so, me, I think the first guy that they had writing was Arnett, that guy Arnett. Mm-hmm. And I think he worked off the George Lucas script, and then they brought in they brought in Kasdan who is writing with JJ Abrams for this third, for the third variation of it. But it could be, you know, like a um, game of Chinese phone book, you know, there could still be elements. They own the, they own the Lucas treatment so they can use all those elements. And I, I would, I could see them having certain things that they were like, okay, I like this. I like this. I like this. Let's use it just to have some DNA in there, you know, and, and work off that. But, uh, um, I'm not, I'm not concerned with people tinkering <laughs> with Lucas's, with Lucas's work. Cause I'm sure that's what happened to empire <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know, and, and in a lot of ways it's the same person tinkering and, and in a lot of ways it's different. A lot of times have, have passed and Kasdan was working with other people and, and and stuff like that so you know we'll see how if i i just don't seem 
to think we're going to see a script on the par with like Empire or something like that. I think we're more going to see a script on a par with like Jedi. Yeah. Which is which is okay. I've I've resigned myself at this point to the fact that I'm going to get rewarded with 2 hours of eye candy no matter what. If there's some groaners in there, it's probably going to, you know, it's there, there's probably going to be enough to entertain me and it, it there there won't be the potential I think for disappointment with the prequels because like the superhero world it's like all right they're screwing up the second trilogy I'll wait for the Boba Fett movie you know and see how that looks you know and uh or you know maybe a TV show will uh one of the TV shows will end up being the the ultimate thing but it's like it's just sort of the it's sort of like the beginning of free range Star Wars to you know to a point of where you're gonna get your your numbered Star Wars and then you're gonna get every so I'm guessing they're saying there's gonna be a new Star Wars movie every year so what'll happen? So you're, you're really surprising me because I almost uh, I almost thought that we were coming into this episode um, you know now granted like I said we haven't talked about this prior right. so. You know, we're we're both coming into this fresh, not knowing what the other one's going to say. The but first trailer it, was it really surprised me because I I really thought we were coming in at almost opposite ends of the spectrum in the sense of it would almost be like good cop bad cop. And uh, oh, I, I have more... to say, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good that we we seem to be oh, okay. almost in the same place. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta tell you, there's been a couple points when you know. I have watched the trailers eight billion times. I've 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 watched them and examined them, and there's things in them. There's not really a lot in them that I'm just like that are like. Bah, bah. As a matter of fact, there's nothing that's really a super warning sign for Ooh, me. I'm surprised you would say that. Well, okay. not like not like like the first time I saw Jar Jar, and on TV the day I was going to go see, and I was like, oh, I didn't know this was an element in this movie. Nothing to where it's like, oh, that seems alarmingly weird. But the the warning that like instead of a bright loud, rah, 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 it's just a, and that's it. Might be trying too hard to look star. You know, it there's almost and it might be just the way they're cutting the trailers. And I don't know if, you know, I don't even know if J.J. Abrams has any control over how they cut the trailers, you know. Oh, I'm sure that he does. You'd think so, but sometimes it's not that. It's not. Somebody that. took me to task the other day because when the, the Captain America Civil War trailer hit, I posted a, a link on Facebook and I just said, hey, J.J., this is what, a, you know, how you do a proper movie trailer. And somebody came back going, you know, well, you know, the director doesn't have anything. That, that's such bullshit. You know, when a, with do, a movie like they don't. So you know, I know sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But in this particular instance, I you cannot convince me that he that J.J. Abrams is not micromanaging every well, bit of footage that we're he, seeing. He, oh, no, this. I was going to say he might not have cut it, but definitely every frame that you saw on there had passed. Probably not only his approval, but probably a little Disney approval, too. It, it sounds like Disney is not hovering over this too much because but because it sounds mm -hmm. like he just had his he just like had a cold screening where he had to show the Disney executives. And I guess he was shitting his pants, which 
I find funny, just funny. But um, so they gave him. It sounds like they gave him a little bit of leeway, but I don't know. I, but then again, I don't know what was imposed on him before the movie even started. With with when they said, okay, you can do the movie, you can do this, and you can't do that, and you can do this. I mean, there's got to be some sort of framework for the other two movies coming after it too. I would think if I was planning it, you know, just so that you could line up the actors and line up the stories at the end of one from the other. Um, but the way the way the trailers were put out were almost now granted, there's some just beautiful like the scene of the Falcon coming out from those trees for some. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That send a that send a little chill up my spine. And the music gets me on. So there's there's a couple of them that where the music is really really awesome, and and just does that John Williams thing to me. But it's the, uh, there's I think a good deal of it, and this also goes along with the sort of promo movie that they put on. And it's good to finally be talking about this because when when we took our hiatus was like right about when the first trailer came out, and we just really haven't got it even in private, a chance to talk about this. But it almost seems like, and I can understand the pressure on J.J. Abrams to tell people like, look, you're not, this is not going to be the episode one all over again, which I have my issues with that line of thinking too. But um, can I just say, and this is not to divert us because I know you're on a train of thought here and I want you to continue to roll. I just want to interject (laughs) real quick that uh, I am sick just flat sick of people trying and jj abrams included of people trying to prop this movie up by slagging the prequels or can saying, we just saying, get over oh, that please, at can that, we have at this, this movie thing? wipe out the bad memory of the prequels but at the same time i've been noticing articles popping up and people starting to say like hey look i kind of like the prequels and you know what they they're, they're not so bad and i've seen a couple I've talked to a couple people who've voiced a genuine um, desire to see some, um, you know, tendrils attaching from this movie to the prequels and acknowledging it and even wanting to acknowledge some of the visual look of the prequels, you know, rather than the visual look of the the middle, now the middle trilogy. Uh, Right. In, instead of be you know, which would make sense because why would would you not want to reflect both of them? Although, not to even further spiral off, but one of your one of the things we were talking about, I think that you brought up, was you know, Luke. We would want Luke to be sort of a peripheral character at first in this, but like maybe the 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 seven through nine would would be Luke's story. Because then it would be six movies Darth Vader, six movies Luke, you know, with both of them together in three movies. And it, that would have a sort of balance to it, balance to the force. Well, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly, I am perfectly okay with Han and Chewie having whatever role they're, they're going to have in this. I'm, I'm perfectly all right if, if this is Han Solo's swan song, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay with Princess Leia now being General Leia and having kind of a almost like a cameo Mon Mothma type. I'm yes. okay with all of that. 
But what I'm not okay with is Luke Skywalker likewise being shunted into the background. Because Star Wars, to me, is a lot of things. But at, at its heart, Star Wars is the adventures of Luke Skywalker. Right, right, right. Like you know, Star even, Trek even Kirk. In, Yeah, even including the prequels... You know, for for what they are, and I enjoy them, I'm not a basher, but that is one of the things that's why it's, you know, secondary to me in in the the original trilogy and and my personal Star Wars canon is what it is, because Star Wars to me is always going to be the adventures of Luke Skywalker. It's Luke's story. So that's one thing I'll, I'll put right out there right away. I definitely do not want to see is Luke shunted into the background. Well, and I really don't want Luke to turn out to be the heavy in this picture, even no. if it turns out to be a redemption story, a redemption mirror for Darth Vader's you yeah. know, rise and fall and, and redemption. Even if that's the story, I don't want to see that because luke is my childhood hero i'm you know i'm, I'm hoping my 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 thing that keeps me thinking that they're not going to do that is they could do that but it would be an unearned you would have to if you're going to redeem luke skywalker you would have to either turn him or have him turned in the first movie and that just would not make i mean if luke skywalker was going to turn like we said in episode three it was there on on the second Death Star with the Emperor and Darth Vader. That was right. that was his test. To, to and he passed. And he passed. And right. uh, so, if all of a sudden we came into this one and Luke was all of a sudden the shadowy evil guy, it's not earned. You know, you don't see it happen. Right. You don't know how it happened. It, it, it's not going to be believable. I think I think they're they're being being virally because. One thing I've heard a bunch of times is all this footage that we've seen so far is from the first third of the movie, the first like 33 minutes of the movie. So it's basically the first opening sequence that's a big series of action sequences that introduces all the characters and gets them all together going where they're going. I hope that that rumor is true because, and I know I'm going to get murdered for saying this, but... I'm not terribly excited about what I've seen so far. Well, so, well, remember how we were like, well, you know, and not really in the, the episode three where we were discussing it, but just in general in Star Wars discussions, you and I have said many times uh, just sort of like, now, now I'm not remembering <laughs> where I was going with that. Um, shit. <laughs> now I'm just drawing a blank. I'm still I'm still back on my um, my critique oh, keep, of the trailers, but um, I really did derail you, didn't I? Yeah, shit. I'm trying to think of what. Oh no, I, I can remember my thread, the original thread that I'm gonna get back to. <laughs> this is like the fourth derail off it that I'm trying to remember, but it was. Nah, I don't remember. I'll go. I'll, I'm just gonna go back to what. I was talking right. about before, and then I'll remember what I was going to say now. And it's classic two true freaks. <laughs> um, I think these trailers are trying a little too hard to say, look, see, see, here's all your old friends. They're doing stuff that you love. And, and I got to say, it does push the, the shot of Han Solo 
raising his arm, shooting his blaster, and then a stormtrooper flying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, that's that's I like to see that. I'm just hoping, I you know, I'm just hoping. It reminds me the opposite of a lot of movies like um, I'm going to pick the two that I always bring up Guardians of the Galaxy and Mad Max, which mm-hmm. came out swaggering and knowing that they had something that when people got in front of it, they were just going to go, holy shit, you know, and uh, they, they, gave, they gave you a taste of it. But, that you know, but they just knew. And this almost seems like JJ's like, hey, hey, guys, you know, just a little getting out in front of this already. It's going to be on film with physical props like Mad Max. You guys like that, right? This, it's going to it's not going to look all like a CG green screen nightmare and and all that. And and here's here's a, here's a bunch of familiar stuff. <laughs> but I don't I almost don't blame him for doing that because the pressure of yeah, did you know, you know how the nerd fights get just on Facebook alone with just normal nerd people. Think of how it must be to be not that I have a lot of sympathy for J.J. Abrams, but think of how how much shit he must hear or hear about or, you know, that is just sort of leveled at him. So and and the amount of money riding on the, you know, the whole thing, you know, it's like, okay, Disney bought all this. Now you're directing the first movie. It's coming out. And. If this was coming out without the prequels coming, could you imagine what the excitement would be right now <laughs> if the prequels mm. hadn't come out and all of a sudden this 30 years later episode 7 was coming out and people hadn't had that experience of being let down with the with the, the you know the that experience of the prequels has is keeping a lot of people on the on it's funny because it's not my experiences with the prequels that have me <laughs> that are making me nervous about the movie it's it's All right well let, let's let i want to talk about that cuz uh, again you really surprised me because i really thought i'm not let, let me say this i i was not i was prepared to come into this episode and really check myself as far as what i was going to say because, again, I don't want to open myself up to being blasted on the Internet, you know, and, and having a whole, you know, dark night situation again and all that. So you, you surprised me by saying that because I guess I thought you were a lot more enthusiastic about the movie than, oh, than I guess you really are. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm really excited. To, I got, no, you know, I, I got my I'm, tickets. I'd like to think I'm excited, too. But what I'm saying is you, you surprised me in saying things you know, like what you just said, that you're nervous because... My, you know, if I had to pick one, like if there was a list of adjectives, you know, how do you, how are you feeling about this movie? Pick one. Nervous would probably be the one that I would settle on because (laughs) that's the big one is the, I'm really nervous about it. And, and I'll try to explain why, because again, I I don't, you know, I, I hate that so much of my podcasting, whatever you want to call it has become having to guard myself about what I say, but I do because you know, it's one of these, you know, once bitten twice shy situations where people are quick to pounce on things that I say and, and they keep wanting to throw stuff back in my face all the time going, Oh, you don't like anything, which is just not true. If you don't think I like anything, then you clearly have not heard me talk about 
Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of, lot of different things, yeah. So, you know, that is... I would say 90% of what we talk about on our podcast is stuff we like. Yeah. So... And this is not a, you know, Batman versus Superman situation either, but it's just... I'm nervous about this uh, on a lot of different levels. You know, one of them, one of the big ones is that it's J.J. Abrams. You know, if this wasn't Star Wars, if this was not Star Wars, if this was just basically anything else where there was this much riding on it, I'll be honest with you, and I know this is incredibly petty, I'd be rooting for him to fall flat on his face. Because of what he did to Star Trek, honestly, I'm still honestly, pissed at the guy. Honestly, I'm right there with you. I'm I, the the thing with J.J. Abrams is, I never watched Lost, <laughs> so I didn't get burned from Lost, mm-hmm. and and I real I was really charmed by the Super Eight movie. I never saw his Mission Impossible movie, and I always looked at him as the kid who won the contest who got to meet Steven Spielberg. And that got him a fast track into Hollywood. And he's good. He ain't no Steven Spielberg. But he's like in that 80s, you know, he's, his, his aspiration is to hit that spot of, you know, like, I, I don't want to say Zemeckis because Zemeckis has gone on to, you know, almost achieve Spielberg level. Like, like to- Toby Hooper or to- something like that. Well, Toby Hooper was sort of a like yeah, but the, the people who did who directed movies that Steven Spielberg produced, and and Chris Columbus, Chris Columbus, like yeah, is a great example, is a perfect example. Yeah, Chris Columbus is about in the tier of where I put J.J. Um, Abrams, like capable of making really good movies, but also capable of making. Not terrible movies, but just kind of like your bland commercial movie when they're not at their peak. A movie with squandered potential. Right, right. And, yeah. And, but you know, but not not a talentless hack by any any right. means. And when Star the the first Star Trek, you know, new new Trek came out. Uh, I mean, it was funny because you and I, you sort of came more to me, and then I started going more towards the way you were before but we sort of met in the middle of just like yeah that was as an action movie and as as just fun entertainment that wasn't too bad that was that was that was pretty enjoyable you know and the cast is is ready to go so yeah let's see how this goes and then into darkness happened and it's you know i can see how i think he was in a hurry to get out of, you know, okay, I'm going to do Star Wars. I really didn't want to do Star Trek, but come on, it's Star Trek. What, you know, I can't pass up this opportunity, but nah, now I'm doing Star Wars. And he just sort of, you know, I mean, the movie had a budget and it had the special effects and set design and stuff like that. But as far as story and care put into it, absolutely nothing, you know, and the places that do in that movie that do have a flow to them are basically like his test is where they're flying a ship that looks exactly like the millennium Falcon through a Klingon maze. that looks exactly like the death star two at the end of Jedi. And it was basically like, look, here's, here's uh here's what you're going to get with star Wars. And all right, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but don't just chuck, chuck a, you know, 
there's there's only so many Star Trek movies. We're lucky to get him. Don't just that's that's what pisses me off about him that he was willing to just like fudge a, a Star Trek movie to get onto Star Wars, you know? Right. And right. And not just fudge it, but just it. I I I don't like to use the terms like piss on my blank, spit in my face. That's how I felt. Childhood, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing will ever ruin my childhood, man. My childhood's mine. Nobody can rape my childhood. They can make a bad movie and stuff, but they can never take away my my memories or whatever. But they can spit in my face and piss on my stuff for sure. And that's how I felt. I mean, it, it just an it was an angry experience towards the end of that movie in the theater. I was, you know, like really like upset. And, and, and I'm usually, a am once I get in and get into a movie, I'm fine. And if it's disappointing now, it's disappointing or whatever, but this, that, that made me mad. And it was just sort of like, yeah, he just, he just chucked it away, half-assed it and, and moved on to Star Wars. Well, I've, well, that, that's the thing is that not just moved on, but I felt like he came in and granted this is not a star trek episode but it just I, it, to help clarify my my feeling on on you know my trepidation about him being the person behind this is that you know i i felt like he came in he did a hatchet job he was not invested in star trek to begin with star wars dized star trek you know and and really hurt the franchise pissed off and pissed on a lot of classic Trek fans. And then this is the, the killer. This is really the, the crux of the issue was rewarded for it by being handed the, the keys to star Wars. And that's my issue. See, with I that think he had thing. the keys to star Wars before. I think that's why he just dropped, you know, he was sitting there playing with star Trek in his hands and then someone held up Star Star Wars for him, and he just, you know, he's like a little kid. He just dropped it, and ooh, Star Wars, you know, which right. is a understandable, is understandable, but not. It's only understandable because I know he really doesn't have an appreciation for Star Trek. He doesn't care. He tried to, you know, by the second movie, he tried to buff up his knowledge. Oh, I watched all the shows and all that, and whatever i did my due diligence and stuff but whatever you 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 get it or you don't you know you can watch all the episodes and not get it or you right. know or he could have netflix crammed them and not really been paying i don't know you know but either way if he watched all the episodes and into darkness is what he got out of it then i don't know what episodes he was watching you know maybe they ha- maybe he was watching channel 11 star treks in reverse or something but you know and 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 that yeah, really to say he was even watching classic Trek, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. And there's there's a lot of people that'll watch. Let let's just say other incarnations of Trek, and feel like they they have a handle on you know what Trek is and don't. Star Trek. <laughs> let's Star just. Trek. I'll be diplomatic and put it right. that way. Well, I, you know, I I just don't see him. Uh, I like. I've always been of like of the opinion and when I saw like Super 8 I'd never seen an interview with him before and then when Star Trek was happening I started seeing interviews with him instantly just don't like him <laughs> like when I right. hear him talk it's just that that facile Hollywood smarmy 
a um, little bit condescending about what he, uh, uh, you know, like like throwing bones out and stuff. And it, it just, it's very Hollywood and it's something, it's just a thing that, that I hate, you know. And, and I remember, and maybe it's because the filmmakers that I grew up with, you'd see interviews with them and they were always like these down to earth, almost like warrior people or not right. even warriors like Indiana Jones. They were beaten up from making movies, but they were kind of like your uncle or your, your like older brother or, or, or even dad, like, you know, they were very like, just sort of like people like they were, didn't have this sort of like, I'm a celebrity directors were more like, you know, the, the actors were the celebrities of, of that. And now directors are celebrities too. And they act like it. And, but then again, I also know that just cause I think JJ Abrams is a prick because of the way he appears in public, who knows he might be really nervous and that's how he comes off. I don't know. I don't care. It's what his movies are that, but his movies are, uh, are a mixed bag. So, um, he claims Star Wars is like his childhood passion. You know, it, he basically he claims to be, have a very similar story as you and I, except he his letter to Steven Spielberg <laughs> got him got him a job. You know, um, but uh, we'll see. Um, well, the other thing, you know, because I, I don't want it. I don't want it to be overly negative and I don't want this to be just about JJ Abrams, but the other thing, and I'm not sure that we've really talked about this much. I honestly can't remember, but you know, I, I was so glad to, to recently uh, make the, the internet acquaintance. I haven't met him personally yet, but you know, through my friendship with uh, Matt Hunsworth, uh, of the star Wars and character podcast, you know, I've gotten to know, you know, again, just through the internet and behind the scenes, but you know, I've gotten to know the guys that he podcasts with on his show on star Wars and character. And one of the fellas on that show, uh, his name is Dave heck of a nice guy. And he and I have had a, a minor amount of correspondence back and forth, but he had an episode. If you go back in their show history about, I'm going to guess eight, nine months. Cause I know it was this year because I'm slowly getting caught up on the show. Um, they have kind of a mini series within their series where they're interviewing each other and kind of almost doing like a mini, my star Wars story um, about each other. It's called something like inside the Swick studios or something to that effect. And it's, it's kind of like, the you remember when we did like grill the freaks, it's kind of like that, you know, it's kind of like get to know your, your host kind of thing. Anyway, um, Dave had a really great interview and despite him constantly saying, you know, I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to talk about myself. He gave a really good interview and it was really interesting. And one of the things that he said that I really applaud him for, because I know not only the balls it takes to take such a stance, but also the shit you can catch from taking such a stance. He has a, you know, he was very uh, honest in his feelings about this new movie, which was very much like my own, whereas he's not particularly enthused about it. And it, I, I think I might be slightly more enthused than he is just by some of the things I've seen 
and my own curiosity and, and things like curiosity that. Curiosity is what's getting me excited right now. I'm right. I want to, you know, it's like a, it's like a package under the tree. You know, you want to right. see what's inside of it. But you know, at the end of the day, you know what what he had said really struck a chord with me, which was essentially, you know, he has his own personal canon. Now, for him, his personal canon, and I don't want to misquote him, but this was my understanding. His personal canon is basically the three original movies: Star Wars, Empire Jedi, and that's pretty much it. Now, my personal canon is is a bit more expanded than that, but essentially, my personal canon. Um, you know, I will throw the prequels in there and that sort of thing. But essentially, if we're just talking, you know, original Star Wars, then my my canon is the three films, of course, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, uh, the newspaper strips. And then Marvel. what really is my canon the, the, that I hold right alongside with the movies is Marvel Star Wars. Marvel Star Wars is my Star Wars, you know, just as much as the films are, because those were the in-between chapters of the movie. They they carried me through between the films, because you have to remember, I mean, it was a three-year wait, which is interminable when you're, you know, nine and 12 years old, you know. But anyway, you know, he, he said essentially the saga ended when they were all doing the happy dance at the end of return of the Jedi. And he never really needed more than that. You know, that, that to him was, it, it was the story. It was the happily ever after. And that really strikes a chord with me because my star Wars story doesn't end there, but it ends not long after that, because essentially my star Wars story ends in June of 86 with issue one Oh seven of Marvel star Wars. And you know, for those that are that are not familiar with that issue, that issue kind of sort of ends the same way Return of the Jedi does. The gang's all together at the end. It's a, even the title of the story was All Together Now. Yep. And it's a family photo, essentially, at the very end of the issue saying, OK, guys, great job. You know, let's all go happily ever after, you know, and. To me, in a lot of ways, the thing that has me super nervous about this movie, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm not actively down on this. And that's what I that's the thing that I fear that people are going to seize on and I'm going to get all kinds of negative things you know, coming my way. Well, that's easy is for that, them to make it get an argument started is to right. And I and I don't want there to be first awakens. I don't want there to be an argument because I don't want people to think that I'm taking some sort of active, like I'm boycotting and, oh, what a horrible thing. No, no, no. This isn't that. And and I have my battles with things like that. You know, the, the new Superman movie is a perfect example. But this is not, not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about for my personal Star Wars canon, my my biggest problem with this movie is I don't need it. You know, I, I didn't really ever ask for it. And even though when I was a kid, you know, we were promised episodes seven, eight and nine, and I looked forward to them then, you know, I, I've changed my mind. I, I look at the way Jedi ends. I look at the way issue 107 of Marvel Star Wars ends. And to me, it's happily ever after. So, you know, to, to use a very Disney analogy, you know, I don't need to see what right. happens after the prince carries Snow White off into what, the beautiful sunset. What, I, you know, I would never have wanted 
to see, you know, 30 years, you know, so in 1969, you know, Snow White 2 comes out. It's been 30 years and let's check in and find out, oh, well, you know, Snow's divorced and she's got, you know, right. a couple of kids and one of them's a drug addict and, you know, the dwarves, are, you know, a few of them have died and, you know, one of them's a homicidal maniac or, you know, I don't need to know. I don't want that. Was, happily ever after is enough for me. They they did what they set out to do. It was they happy went, that was a homicidal maniac, by the way. They would have thought it was grumpy. You know what grumpy. I'm saying? That, that's, that's, ultimately, that's my problem with this is that, you know, it, it's a lot of things. I, I don't need to know what happens beyond, especially if... And I know that it would be a super boring movie if it came out. The Force Awakens, and hey, everything's great. You <laughs> right, know, let's check in I on know. everybody. Hey, it's dinner time. Yeah, exactly. Now I realize that that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna sell tickets. Well, but to check in with these guys, and nothing's better. You know, the Empire's still around, which is the one. That's the my biggest takeaway from listening back to our speculatory episode about. If there ever was an episode seven, that was the thing that you and I said a thousand times that we didn't want to see. But was... I got to tell you, though, from the way they seem to be, I'm interested in how they're. Pre I'm like, oh, I'm like, really? okay, I see you're, how you're doing this. I want to see how it plays out. I want to see if there's a, you know, I'm hoping there's some, um, not a twist. But there's some wrinkles to what the Empire is, you know, what the you know, it could be it could be the Empire is now in the position of the rebels where they're, a, you know, although it does not look like that at all. It looks like they're the the dominant well, force, you know, but they, they might, you know, it might be it, it might not be. So I'm I'm curious. That's that's what's mostly and. Another thing that I've been thinking of is I think now that Disney has acquired this and because of the prequels, and this is this is going to be my defense of the prequels, it it's Star Wars is becoming a generational thing. Right. Where it's like you and I don't you and I are old men. We don't need any more Star Wars. But you know, and, and this is a debate to be had. I could I could actually debate either side over whether you know a new generation needs a new star wars a new star wars characters for star wars to survive or for star wars to be effective for kids or for or for it to be fair that they get their own star wars but i think that for all the flack that the um prequels got and the prequels you know we're getting flack from people our age who were significantly right. younger when they came out and it was like, Oh, this isn't what we expected. But that flack was not flying for six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids who were going to see it. They were just like, and I was of the cynical opinion at the time that, um, ah, they, they're going to watch it just like any other movie, you know, it's just going to be, another movie to the kids and they'll go, they'll go see it and then they'll forget about it, you know, or maybe their folks will have the DVD and they'll watch it every once in a while, but it's not going to be a big deal to them. They're not going to be like oh, star, but I guess they were like right. star Wars because now I, you know, I meet 
20 year olds and stuff who are little kids when when the prequels come out just like i meet star trek fans who are little kids when next generation came out so that is star trek to them you know right and there's so many more of them or whatever so there's there's a lot of kids now that there's star wars they got hooked on 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 the prequels and then through their teenage years um watched the clone wars you know, for five years or six years or however you know, there's an entire generation of children out there that the prequels are their Star Wars. Right. And the original trilogy is kind of like, eh, you know, it's it's OK, but I, I like my prequel stuff. And they almost look at it with the same eye that you're talking about with the Star Trek, the next generation mm-hmm. generation would look back at right. original Trek is almost like that embarrassing, crazy old uncle. Right. And we don't Not see it quite we're the from same the back degree, generation, but it's close. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, this star Wars, uh, just like the prequels is, is bound in with, with the movies that come before it, but it looks like they're like, okay, you know, we're going to have Luke Skywalker and Han and Lan, Chewie and the droids. But now, you know, now we're good. We're, we're bringing in Finn and Poe and, you know, and, and, all, and all these new characters that are younger. And, you know, they're, they're the same age as the characters were in Star Wars and following a similar arc. And there's some sort of, you know, I'm hoping my my hope and this hope is um, I'll I'm not depending on this hope to like the movie, but I would be really happy if, and this is, I, 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 I I think this might be scandalous, but I'm hoping that this next trilogy, if it's going to really mirror the arcs of the other movies, that what makes it different as the prequels and the, the second trilogy were, um, where the difference is how the force, you know, it's sort of like cycles of the force going of, of good and evil rise of the Sith. But each time the force is evolving a little more and it happens a little differently to, you know, it's almost like the force is experimenting with how to balance good and evil. And so, you know, maybe you have two Siths this time or, you know, I, and, but, at the same time developed retroactively in the prequels they you know they sort of explain the force ghosts by yoda saying hey i can talk to my old master i'm going to teach you to talk to your old master which basically means those people aren't dead you know if you're if you're going if 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 you, if master qui-gon got chopped in half but you you can still go sit around and hang out and chat with him about current current events yeah you know you can't shake hands with him but <laughs> right you know th- so are are we going to get viable are we going to get characters that are force ghosts because you know is that going to be a thing or could it, it could just be something that you see you see luke talking to Ob- you know how are you going to do Obi-Wan? You know, you, you could bring you and McGregor in, but it would be, it wouldn't make sense, you know? Right. So I'm hoping, you know, that it's not, we're not force ghosts, but then again, there's that line with Luke says where he says, my father has it. 
instead of my father had it. But that just could mean he still occasionally chats with his father. Via well, that's sports. a line from Jedi, at which point... Oh, that's true. He's still alive. That's true. So, okay. So I won't apply that to the... Oh, good. <laughs> um, but I hope that we see a, an evolution in the way the Force works in it. And, you know, some some sort of different... I don't want a whole spiritual story, but I, I, w- I wouldn't mind having a deepening of it away from the midichlorians sort of style of, of it. Instead of not going towards a scientific <clears throat> explanation for the Force, more of a spiritually this is what the Force is doing by, by you know, influencing affairs or however it works, you know. And that would be very interesting to me. I don't think there'll be a lot of that. I think they might work a little into that. I think, you know, we're we're going to see the formula, you know, the formula of like, okay, we need a certain number of amazing set pieces to tie all this together and, you know, the the story to the the story to go along with it. So it's going to be more structured like the first, you know, four, five, and six. I'm, I'm thinking, right. Where it, where, where, one, two, and three were just sort of like whatever Lucas was, <laughs> was thinking. Especially one, you know, as far as flow goes. But um, I have a, I have a real suspicion, and it was one thing that you and I mentioned that's like, ah, maybe it, and this is where I was going way back then. I, I knew I'd get back to it. I knew I'd remember it is, uh, we were always saying, um, now I forgot it again. God. <laughs> Damn it. You need to write it down. I know. I need to write it down the next time I remember it. Well, you know, you you had said about, you know, them, you know, fighting basically the remnants of the empire. You know, not not to to backpedal on what I said, but one thing that I, I'm slightly intrigued about is it does sound almost like there's factions, like there's different yes. factions of the bad guys. Like they're not necessarily presenting a unified front. Yeah, no, that there's, there, there's meddling and, and I'm, I'm wondering if like the empire isn't as fully evil. Maybe it's getting more, I don't want to say corporatized or, but it's getting more like, you know, uh, just sort of a uh, bu- bureaucrats, you know, it's becoming more of a right. bureaucracy maybe and less of like, a totalitarian dictatorship, you know, they've been, they've been fighting the rebels and now, but the, you know, it's, it's just sort of going into routine and, but in order for the rebels and them to have been fighting for 30 years, you would think that like, it would have to be a somewhat even battle, you know, that the rebels wouldn't be just sort of hiding out somewhere. You know, they would, it would almost be like two different countries where the rebels have one section of the galaxy where they've gotten all the planets on their side and, you know, and the, the new order or second order has gotten the other half of the galaxy. And it's just sort of a standstill, 
you know, that would, well, that you would know, that's, make that's sense. That's the thing. There was, you know, part of our speculation episode, you know, actually one of the parts that I found most fascinating when I listened back to it, and I wish we'd talked well, more about it. Our I, struggle, civil war, warring factions from, from that episode. Right, yeah, and, and we touched on that, and I felt like we were really onto something, and then... You know, we tangented and never really went back to it. Because we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know what right. we know now. But one of the, the things that I thought, you know, this is actually a really interesting idea, was rather than them just fighting remnants of the Empire, which I, I can't emphasize enough, I just don't, I'm not interested in that. I right. don't want to see that. That's all the EU was to me, you know, post-Return of the Jedi, you know, in the original EU was mopping up actions. I don't want to see that. But something that you and I had hit upon when we were speculating was this idea of, okay, let, let's look at the original trilogy in very basic terms. You know, you have the government, and then you have this faction that comes in and, you know, kills the head of the government, the guy that was basically the glue supposedly holding the whole thing together. Yeah, he now, put that's it fine all together and held it together. Because he was evil, but... Let's suppose that he was keeping the trains running on time. Now, all of a sudden, he's not there, and the people that he was in charge of can't wipe their own asses without him. Right. What happens to the galaxy? You know, are the, is the galaxy really going to accept the people that killed him suddenly stepping up and going, Hi, we're, we're the new, uh, we're the new. You know, well, people the, in control around it, here. It, it left you with the opinion that yes, they would because they were toppling his set. You know that everybody understood that he was a dictator, but that's not always how. And I mean, when you think about it, in outlying planets and stuff, they don't really know what's. You know, life might just be going on as normal, and whoever's right, the boss right, right now is the boss right now. Right, and that's what we had kind of hit upon. So I'm wondering if maybe that's going to play into this new movie that that might be part of it, is that the galaxy didn't cotton to Leia and everybody going, hi, we're, we're in charge now. You know, maybe something has happened and the galaxy has, you know, I mean, because it says in the first movie, you know, you know, the, you know, it's a state of civil war. Well, what if it truly is now a civil war where the gal? It's not even so much even a civil war as a free for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's all up for grabs, and so you have the first order over here. But that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me, though, is that now the names have changed. You no longer well, have the Empire and the Rebellion. Now you have the First Order well, and the Resistance. Let, let me, let me. What are they resistant to? Right, yeah, right, and and. Let me put this also out there is think of it of, of if you were someone who was brought up with the prequels and like Clone Wars, all those, you know, Star Destroyers, Stormtroopers, Clone Troopers, that that imagery and those those ships and those costumes seem to be able to flip from good to bad you know right it's like whoever's right. in power has the has those costumes so you don't know i mean it very strongly uh, it looks like in the movie that whoever is running the second order are basic i mean they make i mean the 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 one that we've seen a bunch of shots of it looks like a nazi rally they even put is that what they're called i thought it was the first something the first order, first order the second something like first, <laughs> yeah 
Third base. Order. For, I think it is First Order. I want to keep wanting to say New Order, but that's a band. And <laughs> But they even do the like a little Nazi one-arm salute and stuff. I mean... Right. And, and oh, my God. If Space Hitler turns out to be Kylo Ren, I will be so happy. Well, that whole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a, that would that one would of those things it. where it'd be yeah. a crushing. It would be a crushing troll Rick roll of a movie. But I would I would give it no, props to be like you have the biggest balls in the universe to take the Star Wars movie. Totally and Rick roll it. That. I would be <laughs> so down at the end of the movie if we get a shot of Kylo Ren without his mask on riding a dinosaur and it's actually Hitler. And it's Hitler. Would, yeah, I'm down for that. I am so down for I, that. Are yeah. you listening? JJ Abrams. I would actually yeah, every every bad thing about JJ Abrams would just fall off the yeah. <laughs> all is forgiven and and he would be my hero from that point on. It ain't going to happen though. But um, uh-uh. a boy can dream. <laughs> um I, I I I just sort of want to discuss like some of the stuff that we saw in the trailers and 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 what you think of the look you know what it might mean for the story and the look of it like um I know everybody's obsessing over all the flags look there's a Mandalore you know all these different flags from of references and stuff but whatever but I I love that shot of them going into I guess it's the space pirates temple with the giant oh rock. okay. Is that what that? Okay, I know the shot you're talking about. To be honest with you, the first time I saw that, it reminded me of going into the queue for Expedition Everest. Is what it reminded uh, me. of. I'm trying yeah, to remember I, what the actress's name is. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. I know I'm. I'm. But she's playing it Andy Serkis style as a CG you know, uh, okay. action capture, and she Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata or something like that. And she's like a, a pirate that Han Solo, you know, they're obviously doing something and Han Solo's probably doing like, I know someone who can help us, you know, Maz Kanata. And, and off they go to, to, and that's her stronghold or her pirate den or whatever that they're going into, I, I guess, in that scene. And what I love about that, A, it kind of has a little of the CG um prequels look to it which means it's not there there might be a little of that look to it but it also has a little Ralph McQuarrie to it you know right and, uh well i was thinking about that today that the the, um, the stormtroopers now have shields and batons yeah and yeah. that kind of reminded me of, of the old uh, you know, one of my yeah then one of my favorite old uh, Ralph McQuarrie one is the one where uh, you have the the stormtroopers with lightsabers and shields on one side and a Millennium Falcon, like a proto-Millennium Falcon in the background. And then there's like a side corridor with the heroes like running around a corner to confront them kind of thing. And I've always loved that image. So now that we're actually getting stormtroopers with shields and granted they don't have lightsabers, but it's kind of like that. But they have that sort of, they sort of have that... um lightsaber that looks like a uh, fluorescent light thing or like a bug right, zapper. Yeah. Their, their lightsaber bug, bug zapper thing and right. to me I always thought you know is it a real spiritual thing to build a Jedi lightsaber or is it just like building a, a blaster you know why hasn't anybody else used that technology it's pretty deadly technology and a lightsaber in untrained hands would be a horrible thing 
So maybe this was something like they were like, oh, let's just use lightsaber technology, make it a little safer for the average dumb stormtrooper to handle as that sort of thing. And uh, so that that looked that looked looks like it could be a, a, a neat thing. But I just when they're walking into that temple, I love the way you see Han Solo. You can tell he's walking and talking at the same time and just going like, look, you know, you know, just follow my lead and don't look so and so in the eye and blah, blah, blah. And it's all going to be all right. She, she loves me. Don't worry. It'll be, you know, it's sort of like going to meet Lando. So he's got that. There's it's, that swagger there. And in, right. and in the later um, trailers, you know, I mean, basically everything you'd see where Han Solo was saying something, it was like, true, you were home or it's all true. And, and he's all serious and stuff. But there's been a couple shots of him just being like, here, you're going to need this blaster or, you know, you ready for this? Hell no. You know, that's good. I'm like, I don't want to see a beaten down Han Solo. You know, I want to see a aged in the patina of age, but I want to see I want to see the the rogue, the rogue and scoundrel coming out, you know, the, the sarcasm and and general confidence, you know, and it looks like that's, that's going to be intact. So you think maybe he and Leia didn't work out because the, the galaxy did kind of just descend into chaos. And he was like, ah, screw them, let them work their own shit out. And Leia was, you know, devoted to the job type of thing it could be yeah it could be that and devoted to the job and he's like look you know i can't do this and i just recently found out that chewy's female together (laughs) for a long time you know could be some something like that i mean he he and chewy have still been bumming bumming around you know is mala pissed right now i mean lumpy's all grown up now or Itchy, Lumpy's dead by now. Itchy's all grown up, I mean. I thought, uh, I thought that <laughs> Chewie was supposed to have lost a limb. There was, somebody said something like that, but it, it's like, it looks like maybe he just got injured because there's that shot with him with a bandage on his arm. But yeah, there was, I, I heard something that like Chewie was supposed to have, at some point, Chewie was supposed to have a mechanical arm. Which would be uh, it was cool. Either a mechanical arm or a mechanical leg, one of the two. Either one would be cool, but you know, that might be another like that might be another Hitler on a dinosaur thing too. If you know, if you push it too far, of like, I want or or, 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 or they might have gotten dissuaded from that from that Patton Oswalt thing where he was on that TV show, and talked about you know he was doing the filibuster to waste the time at the town meeting and what he chose to do is give his proposition for the new star Wars movie. And I can't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, you thought Chewbacca was dead, but he comes back and he's like half robot Chewbacca or something, you know, something, something to that effect. So they were like, uh, this is too much like the Patton Oswald (laughs) sketch or something. There's been speculation that Chewie's dead because there's that scene where you see, um, 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 what's her name? Daisy Ridley, a Ray, the Ray character crying over possibly somebody. And 
there's part of it that looks like Chewie's fur and maybe his bandolier, but then again, there's also part of it that looks like the jacket that the John Boyega, the Finn Finn character, had. So I just assumed it was Han. Oh, they got. I, I still, I still don't buy that Harrison Ford is in this movie for any other reason than they to, told him that. We'll give you a shitload of money, and we'll kill you if you want us to. So. Well, well, you know, they might have said, we'll kill you if you, you want us to, but we got to kill you in the second movie, you know? I don't right. know. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going purely on story. What I mean is, you know, what they're, they're not thinking about, like, let's try to second-guess what people would think here and instead just like let's get a solid story and write it and see how and the story will and the characters will drive it forward and we'll see where it goes but i i i hope they're not trying to do stuff like oh everybody everybody's going to be sure that han solo's going to die so we're going to make sure not to have han solo die i hope they're not making decisions based on that and that's why that that's why I hope like the whole Luke Skywalker goes dark. Th- uh, that's why. And here's back to my point. The whole Luke Skywalker going bad thing. I'm hoping it's all just a red herring. And they're doing this whole thing of like, uh, we're not putting him in the poster. There's a good reason. And I know you and I were both in talking about this. We're both like, you know, I just hope there's not like, a post credit scene or, you know, the last scene is like Luke looking up and going, it's me, you know, or something like that, that he's not just sort of a walk on in this movie, you know, or, you know, or he's introduced so he can be a main character in the next movie. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case, but I, I, I have the feeling that they're playing with that, you know, and since we don't really, we only see that one shot of what is probably Luke Skywalker with him putting his hand on R2, that maybe he's not there in the first third of the film, but, you know, maybe we'll have more of him in the second third. And they're, you know. I I'm that- really hoping that he, he has, uh, you know, he comes in, in in like a glorious hero moment. Like they really that get That would in be awesome. Shit. That in this be awesome. movie, because there's that one scene in in one of the trailers where everybody's got their hands over their head, and then Han and Chewie just have this like stunned expression, and they slowly lower their arms. I'm hoping that they have battled their way into a situation, and it's really gone bad. Now gone they've been south. captured, and it looks like it's all over for them. And all of a sudden. Luke Skywalker shows up. And and you see Luke and Han make eye contact for the first time in 20 years. And that would be glorious. And, you know, it's funny. It's that seems so obvious. I'd never even considered that. I'm so in the mindset and, you know, based on the pictures of him and they had the picture of him outside like this, like temple-y, very rough, like, you know, like ancient little stone structure like a hermit hermetic religion type retreat or something on an Mm -hmm. island that i was picturing luke not being very actiony being like you know being the the alec guinness who comes in and says ah this and i'll teach my lesson and then off into the sunset and stuff but 
yeah, I would like to see a Luke that could still kick some serious ass. And he's he's not too old to kick some serious ass, especially with how adept at the force he should be by this point. Should be, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's 10 years younger than Han Solo. And, fu- and chock full of midichlorians, so... <laughs> he should be ready to kick some ass, and CG should take care of any <laughs> any kind of physical Mark Hamill shortfalls. See, they need to bring back C-3PO's serials and use that tagline. C-3PO's now chock full of midichlorian. Now, here's every spoonful. Here's a here's a, and this is a cons- a nagging concern of mine, but it's not like, I guess it's no, nah, it's not a huge concern, but it's one of the things that's bothered me about this is um. Um, okay, I've always operated under the assumption that all Star Wars movies, if they're going to be a numbered Star Wars movie, are going to have, throughout the story, whether separate or together, separate and together, R2 and 3PO. And they're they're right. obviously in this. So you got red-armed 3PO and you see R2 and stuff. Um, but then you start, and, and I like, um, BB BB eight or BB eighty eight. Oh, I hate that thing. Really, I think it's. I, think, I hate. That I, thing. I think it's a. It's a. It's a fine um, evolution of an R two unit or so, something that so, someone made or whatever. But you're you're still going to need R two and three PO, who were the comedy relief. And so now you've got them and another robot for comedy relief. Yeah. As these movies go on. Are there going to be by the you know by episode twelve? Are there going to be like fourteen robots and three main characters, and you know all these robots just like bumping into each other and and being cute and you know I mean do I mean do we need a new R two D two? I like exactly. I like BB eight, but is it gonna is that is that going to also make R two and three PO just sort of like all right they're here you know they're gonna get a couple lines. Because I'd rather I, I I want to see them integrated directly into the plot, you know, I don't want basically like R two to be off somewhere with Luke, and three PO hanging around with Princess Leia, and that's it. So whenever you see Princess Leia, you'll see three PO fussing around in the background or something, you know. They 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 sort of have to be in on the action so they can because re- the story is supposed to be from their point of view, and. You know, since they're droids, whatever, you know, I mean, someday you're going to have to hire someone to fake Anthony Daniels voice or you're going to have to like or maybe they maybe they just have Anthony Daniels and he's recording, you know, every different line he could possibly say. So they'll put him together like they do on the the phone operators these days. Right. I don't know. I, it may sound really petty, but that's one of the reasons I really can't stand that BB-8 thing. Is Charles Pet- beyond the fact that I looked at, I think he looks flat ridiculous. Is the fact that he's being embraced as like the new R2D2? Well, I got news for you. I, I don't need a new R2D2. I, I love the original one just the way Once he is. Once again, you don't. You don't. But it's a new droid for kids, and you know, and now yeah, marketing is so. That- 
integrated. Yeah, I'm hoping that's not why he's in there, just so that there's a new action well, figure they can sell. You know? Well, I, you know, I, I don't accept that that would be the only reason he's in there. But if anybody was just trying to say, "What? We just put it in this new cute droid, and look at, and and now there's awesome toys that operate exactly like the droid on TV by remote control." That's eh, just a just a happy accident. No, you know, I mean. After Star Wars, and you know, not as much with them, but I mean, the well with Empire, the amount of toys for Empire was 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 amazing. So, you know, after Star Wars, the marketing of the toys has been um, integral. You know, it's been so tied into it that there's. There's and 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 you know me, I've always been like, ah, I don't like crass commercialism or, or something. But here's where I become a hypocrite because when I see Star Wars toys, they push all my visual happy buttons. So it's just like you know, I mean, I I don't even care what the Star Wars toys are, but the, I mean, the cooler the better. But when I'm walking through, you know, Walmart or Target or whatever like that, and you're going through the toy section. And you go through the toy section that all of a sudden says Star Wars and is, you know, Star Wars lined up instantly my eyes there. And it's like, ooh, cool, cool. So, I mean, I just saw Scott McGregor posted something on Facebook that he saw Star Wars mascara in a CPS store. So, you know, of course it's ridiculous. And I mean, with the prequels, it was ridiculous how much everything was tied to it. And I almost, you know, I'm... I'm pretty sure that's why Lucas did a lot of educational stuff too, because he was, but you know, Disney's got that covered because Disney does a lot of educational stuff too, because they know they have kids attention and, and they're marketing to them and they're selling stuff to them. And while they have their attention, they also make their product into so, something that 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 um reflects the larger world, you know, instead of also just being like, here's some more toys for your kids. Here's some more toys for your kids. Right. And sometimes you get crappy toys because somebody will license a company will license something out and get something crappy out there. But generally, Star Wars and Disney are known for uh, having a higher bar for for quality and for having for the the quality of the 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 toys and the products and the the software although you know when you start getting into star wars games it's a it's a super hit and miss up and down world but i don't know you know you you know what i'm saying that they they it's not crap it's not on the level and I'm going to get enemies here, get people pissed at, at me as say GI Joe or transformers or something right. like that. That's based on a toy line. It's there as part of the, the, the toy, you know, to, to it's there at, almost as an advertisement for the toys. Right. Um, well, that is what they were. I mean, there's, there's no denying that and, in that case. And I'll put it this way. If, they didn't make a billion Star Wars toys for the Star Wars movie coming. The the demand for them. I mean, 
maybe a lot of this is learning the the, the lesson learned from or, having to order your your um, character Star Wars action figure stand ahead of time because they didn't have the figures made yet. So they had to stall you and, and stuff till they could actually get the plants to pump out the action figures, you know, and and stuff like that. So, I mean, these uh, they're making all those toys. They're going to sell. And it's not like it's crass commercialism, but it's not like um, the movie exists in a vacuum to sell toys they're gonna well, I mean, they're I, gonna I, sell I, those toys they're the kids are going to want star wars toys they, they i understand want all that and I, I i agree with you it's just what i'm saying is at the end of the day that stupid soccer ball droid better you better have some purpose in this movie yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know beyond the fact of well you know we already have you know, 12,000 different variations of R2-D2 figures that just sit on the pegs. So we need something new that the kids are going to want to buy. And so they introduced this thing just to be a toy, this thing that now becomes a rival for R2-D2's screen time. If that is the case, it's going to piss me off because I already don't like it. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it's just I, can't, I don't really have... A, a truly logical reason why I don't like it beyond the fact that in that very first pretend trailer that we got really just the teaser thing that we got, right. That was one of the first images that comes up on the screen. I, I think if I remember the order of it, you got the, the stormtrooper that takes his helmet off and then you've got that soccer ball droid. Yep. And I'm sorry. I, I know it's a snap judgment and, and all that, but when that, when I saw that image, I had the, I just cringed you know, because I saw that and I said, "Oh God, there's the there's the Jar Jar of this trilogy now." That's exactly. What, he that's just the, looks flat, ridiculous to me. That's you know exactly what I thought. Well, my first thought when I saw that, it was you know the the shot boom of the guy with his take it you know his helmet off standing up and and uh. <laughs> And then you see the droid. My first thought was, oh, there's CGI droid. And I'm like, I like the concept idea of it. And I'm like, but I don't, but I don't. Um, and I see it's space magnets or whatever that's holding it together. But I don't feel, I'm not feeling it because it's CGI. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, right off the bat CGI. And then I found out, no, that's actually a shot of the practical effect. Then I was like instantly like, Oh, how did they do that? They must use actual real <laughs> earth magnets to do that, you know? And, uh, and then I was, then I was more into, you know, then I was more interested. And I think what might also be helping is in, um, and I was prepared to hate this. I don't know if you're 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 not watching Rebels, are you? No. Star Wars Rebels. There's no. there's a robot name. There's a um, you know, astromech droid named Chopper in that. Mm -hmm. It's basically, you know, a more a, a more comedic, child-oriented R two D two. You know, he's 
instead of bleeps and blips, he sort of goes, rah, 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 rah. you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a lot more cartoony. And instantly I was prepared. I was just like, no, 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 no. But it works in the, in the, in the, um, I wouldn't say he's an especially strong character in the show, but he's not a repellent character and he's likable. And it's like, okay, I, I, you know, I like, and, and he has a consistent personality, you know, robot, per, you know, his robot personality and stuff. And so I'm, maybe that helped make me more open towards other astro Mechie. Yeah, but Chopper's not not stealing R two right, screen time right, either. Right, he's the surrogate R two in in that in that show. Exactly. Um, exactly. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, the Daisy Ridley character is gonna be off on her own a lot, so they decided to have a ro- you know a robot with her. I don't know. I'm gonna have to see. I get the impression I've gotten two impressions one my first impression was oh it's like c-3po in episode one it's the robot she built you know she's she's a scrapper and and she's scrapping all this stuff off this planet that had had a big battle over it in the new battlefront i guess they released you could fight see the battle and play that the battle over jakku or whatever where you know that star destroyer ends up embedded in the in the sand um and she cobbled him together. But it's also looking like that one scene where she's talking to him is it's it's weird how it's cut together because it's got the one woman who I'm guessing is the the Mas Kanata or whatever going, who are you? You know, and, right. And all that. But she's also there's also scenes of her walking with the droid. And talking about her, you know, I'm waiting here for my family, and the droid going rah, 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 rah. She's like, oh, I don't know, you know. So, she, it, it almost seems like maybe they meet up, for so, you know, for some reason. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious if how they're gonna throw all this together. I'm hoping. I mean, my brain hasn't put it together, so whatever it is, it's. I'm assuming it's going to be a s- surprise. Whatever I see is going to be a surprise. They've done a good job of keeping it under wraps. But, um, I mean, they did the same thing for basically all the Star Wars movies in in not letting you see any story elements of it. What is it about this new set of trailers that just doesn't thrill you, like... And 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 I don't want to single you out because I've I've definitely enjoyed a lot of these trailers, but I haven't um, I haven't done like the Mad Max Fury Road trailer where I jumped on my chair and was just like yes yeah yes! that was the, that was the thing that was the thing for me is you know the the teaser came out you know the one that ends with Chewie we're home and it seemed like. I was the only one of my friends that wasn't losing freaking his mind. It, I, 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 I just, it didn't do anything for me for one. You know, we waited for it for so long 
and it told you nothing. It showed you some pretty pictures. It showed you some confusing images. It right. showed you the stupid soccer ball droid. And then I got to be honest with you, while everybody else was really excited about the Chewie were home, I was flat annoyed with that because you get that shot and you've got ancient Han Solo, you know, which I'm sorry, I know there's nothing the dude can do about it, but he just looks hellaciously old. Chewie looks weird to me. Chewie doesn't look like Chewie. He looks like like somebody cosplaying as Chewie. And he's, he, he's a little he too looks, he's a little too combed down and um He looks vaguely Asian to me. His eyes look really funny, you know? Maybe it's their attempt to age him. I don't know. Maybe. I don't I, know. Yeah, he I, looks like he's had like a bad facelift or something. But the biggest thing is that we're home to to where these people never had a home. The Falcon, the Millennium Falcon. So you're, so you're telling me that 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 they haven't had the Falcon in these thirty year, you know, in this in between time? Somehow they they didn't have the Falcon. Now this is this is um, this is a theory. I don't know if I saw someone online or if it was talking to one of my coworkers. They were saying. They think what happens is Han Solo ends up hooking up with the Daisy Ridley character because he's got like he and Chewie have stashed the Falcon on this planet for some reason, you know, for some reason they're not using it or whatever. Or they have a prior relationship with her and they're like, you know, watch the Falcon. Maybe it's inside of that Star Destroyer, you know, and or maybe she finds the Falcon and is like, ooh, nice ship. And, and like, at the same time, Han and Chewie are coming to to grab it because they know they got to go do whatever, you know, the plot line is. The, you know, whatever the quest or, or storyline is. And uh, they run into her and maybe even have a little, you know, you know, fight or moment of tension in the beginning and then... You know, through through the chasing of this stormtrooper or whatever the, I mean, there's a scene that there's a scene with her flying the Falcon with John Boyega, you know, working the guns. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, so maybe she, you know, whatever reason she she has the Falcon or Han Solo. Get, you know, has her flying the Falcon while he's doing something or, or something. That's what I'm, I'm thinking they're going to use the Falcon as the, you know, the MacGuffin to bring those characters together somehow, you know, hmm. as I mean, people love to see the Falcon, but the way it is in the trailer, it's almost like the Falcon is a character, you know, right in the movie. And, uh, so I, I think somehow, you know, you're, you're going to see, quote unquote, a random convergence of of these characters that look like some people thrown into trouble, you know, that at the, at the same time Han's coming to do this or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. It's Luke's light, lightsaber that they're after. You know, because Kylo Ren is the ultimate Star Wars geek collector. 
and needs Luke's lightsaber. That's what he's coming after. So, and you know, the three of them just end up. Do you find it at all troubling that Han seems a little too front and center in this movie? I think they, I think, well, it's hard to say if he is. We're not really going to know for sure. I'm hoping he's a bit, I'm hoping he's not front and center, but I'm hoping he has a chunk of the movie, you know, and maybe it's the beginning chunk. But I, I hope we have a, 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 a section where we can see Han have a full, you know, a full set. I mean, we're seeing him shooting a blaster and stuff, so he's going to be fighting flying the Falcon. But I, 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 I would really rather this movie in a non-awkward way, in an organic way, starts handing it over to the new characters, starts working it towards the new characters while not just trotting out the old characters to have them there as bookends or to bow or to go like, here I am passing the torch now to you, you know, sort of thing where, but I would, I would like to see a good solid, like add it all together, 35 to 40 minutes of Han Solo's screen time in this movie that might even be a little too much but han with luke and, and or leia yes but what i'm what i'm saying is mm, i don't think that's what we're gonna see though i don't think we're gonna see i think we'll see the crew reunited here and there but i think i think we're gonna see all i think we're gonna see han being you know, more of a mentor to the new characters, you know, he's, he's the guy who's going to hold their hand through the act. Who's going to introduce them to a life of action, you know, a life of fighting and running and blowing things up. So what you're saying is of the three originals of, of Han, Luke and Leia, you think he's, he's the one that's going to be, he might, he's going to be more, I, I think he'll be more fr- he'll he'll be more front and center in this movie, but I I don't see if he lives through this movie him being like a front and center character through the other two thirds of it. I would rather see this be have a little more Han out in front, and towards the middle end we start picking up with Luke, uh, but uh, to the to the effect of where we're going to get more Luke in the next two movies where we're going to have, you know, the, the, the new characters in there, but I, I, I would like to see Luke as the focus of, of this, not the sole focus of this trilogy, but for his life to have some sort of his character to have some sort of arc, maybe not die, but he could die. There could be, you know, a reason for him to die, and at the end of it, it sort of balances out with Obi Wan Kenobi or whatever. And even if he's dying, he's just going to Force Ghost Land. So, but some sort of arc for Luke, you know. I mean, everybody else has got to have their arc, <clears throat> but the important arc is Luke. You know, Hans will be like, ah, oh, does he get to go to a heroic death or whatever? Princess Leia's is going to be, does she get to see her resistance? You know, finally 
well, get well, control of the galaxy or something. But those aren't even the major concerns. It's like what happens to Luke. And well, here here's my my reason for asking that question is that unless unless Han plays into another character, you know, one of the new characters, the new generation characters for this new trilogy, like he does turn out to be Ray's dad or even the black guy's dad or whatever, you know, unless he's part of that legacy, then I almost don't understand not so much why he's in the movie, but why would he play such a big role in the movie? Because at the end of the day, it's not his story. You know what I mean? I, I, I no, but you know, I understand that he's one of the, the core three characters, but that's, that's honestly, it's one of those things that over the years has come to really bug me a lot about the original. It's one of my few real qualms with the original trilogy is that he wasn't supposed to be. Han Solo was part of Star Wars. Right. But if you look at the alternate second story, you know, the, the one that was yeah, it not. Just, it, it just Strikes moved back. right along. From, yeah. From he's that. not part of Splinter, which was the backup second story if, if Empire couldn't be made. And over the years, I've really come to feel that Han Solo you know, you were talking before about commercialism and, and how the money affects the movies. That's clearly an instance where the money affected the movies because now Han sticks around for empire, but he didn't stick around in anything before empire. You know, he didn't stick around in the comics. He didn't stick around in the newspaper strips. He didn't stick around in splinter the mind's eye, you know, none of that stuff. Yet he shows up in Empire and then, of course, he's in in Jedi as well. And he almost becomes a bigger character than he should have been. If you well, know, now, I'm in, not slagging Han Solo. I, I, you the know, Han I, Solo I like of Han Jedi. Solo. The Han Solo of Jedi was just sort of like his character arc. And it never felt 100 percent right. You know, right. It's yeah. always one of those things. His character arc was. By, by the time Jedi happened, especially by the end of Jedi, you know, he's, he, he and Princess Leia were had, you know, a, a, announced their love for each other, you know, admitted their love for each other. But Han Solo, being Han Solo, I'm sure he's told, been in love with other women, too, you know, and had similar romances and all mm-hmm. that. But with, with Luke... And with, with, well, basically with just Luke, he's formed like for the first time, like, and this is, this is where the character is and where I didn't think it was completely right. He's formed a family, you know, Luke is, right, yeah. Luke is his best friend slash brother, you know, and Princess Leia. And he's not only, and not only like he was a smuggler with no, you know, allegiance to anyone and now he's definitely got allegiance he's got rank in in the the rebel forces and he's fought and alongside people who've died and bonded with the the rebel alliance and he's for the first time like belongs to something has a family and stuff like that and what 
never really gelled with that with Han Solo is even though, okay, his character matured and stuff like that, on the surface, it's like, okay, that's a maturing of his character. But in reality, there's also the nature of Han Solo. And it's like, how long is that that character realistically going to be like, ah, yeah, I like, I like the day-to-day life of, of belonging and being in a community and stuff like that. It's just not how he's wired, you know, and right. And, and ever, ever has been. So, you know, at at the age he was in, in Jedi, I could see him being like, I'll give it a try, (laughs) but I never thought of it. you, You know, I never really thought of it as much as you did, like he and Leia would never end up together, but, I never figured there was going to, you know, or the, the, that happily ever after never really like completely, I was never sold on it. You know, I was sold on the happily ever after like the empire has been defeated when I saw Jedi the first time, but like with all the characters, it was just like, okay. But at the same time, that was sort of the best you were going to tie that all up anyway. So, and it, it, you know, it, it was interesting how they did it. I mean, I mean, the whole Princess Leia is is your sister thing. I mean, I forget how scandalous that was. I mean, just think if the Internet existed, that might have been on a par with no or something where they're just like, because uh. I remember at first I was like, well, this is just something George Lucas threw in, you know. And now, over the years, it makes more sense. And it works a lot better for me. Even, you know, besides the point that, it, you know, that he, you had the retcon of the, of the episode three where you see them born <laughs> and named. But it, 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 for, it was almost like, oh, this is sort of like a, a story element that they threw in here to add something and but it was weird because it would be like a story element if there was another movie directly coming after that one Mm because it would be like oh we could have leia be a jedi in the next one but i don't think they were even thinking about that when they did it but it was just sort of weird i was sort of like okay why you know why isn't his sister just some random woman also on some planet you know i have a sister in gamma section 14 never met her but um but now it doesn't seem as is forced it did, doesn't seem as forced of a story element and um if they it it, it it will help make any kind of family relation family ties in this movie make more sense i think the whole like john boyega might be han solo's black son is is something that they're just throwing out there to you know it's it's a kind of an adoy and i think the right no, are, i, I think really. that i think the comics are complicit in 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 revving that up by having like i'm han solo's wife and it's like oh okay well the comics are canon so you know that could be well, what they're the reason i i brought that up though the the point i was trying to get to is that ultimately 
don't get me wrong. I'm not slagging Han Solo. I, I, I like the guy. He's he's a, a hero of the film as well. He's a big part of the original trilogy and all that. But boil Star Wars down to, you know, the, the essential three characters as I see it are basically Luke, Leia, and Han, right? Right. So I would no, no more really want to see, you know, of those three characters... I wouldn't really want to see him take front and center stage any more than I would want to see a Star Trek movie where suddenly Dr. McCoy was, you know, the the, the lead character. I'm just not interested in that. Yeah. You know, I realize he, he has a very important place. He's part of the Trinity, but he's not the guy. You could do a, a Star Trek movie about Kirk. You could do a Star Trek movie about Spock. Could you really do one about McCoy? I don't think so. John now, he Byrne has wrote it, fans. it could. What's that? If John Byrne wrote it, they could. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't, you know, yeah. Han is supposed to be getting his own solo movie. That hey. not, a, not an intended pun. But, you know, he's supposed to be getting one of the, the standalone movies, you know, Young Han Solo or whatever the hell it's going to be called. So he's going to have his, you know, there's a reason why I read and was just always kind of like, eh, to the Han Solo trilogy of Brian Daly when I was a kid. Is that it's Star Wars isn't his story. I like the character, but I like him when he's with Luke and Leia and, and part of that group. Han on, you know, and Chewie on their own doing their own thing. Not really that interested in that. So I'm hoping that's not where the focus is suddenly shifted because some of the things now granted again, we don't know the whole story and all that. So I'm not trying to, you know, sound big headed about it, but some of the things that it looks like he is relaying to the, the new characters of this movie, are the important things you, yes, the Sith were, you know, that whole thing he says, seems to me that that's information that should be relayed by Luke or Leia. You know, Han was supposedly the, the doubting Thomas of the group, didn't really believe in the Force. It was a bunch of hokum and all that. So suddenly... Yeah, but he got to see a good deal of shit go down. <laughs> between yeah, I, and I know, and that's one of those things that's going to bug me too because we never got to see that character growth. You know what I mean? Right. We we talked about this ages ago on an old show, you know, where where we missed that. You know, we never got to see it was like internal Han's growth, but he never revelate, you know, revelatory moment of going, holy shit, there's something to this force thing. We're we're never going to well, get that. So no, I don't want to suddenly. It, well, it's the I love you. I know scene. That's not Han Solo is to go like, you know, Luke, I really like didn't think about the force at all and thought it was hokum. But but. Was it in Jedi? Was it in Jedi or Empire where Han like looks Luke in the eye and goes, "May the Force be with you"? You know, that was in uh, the first movie. Was that in the first movie? That was at the end of the first. Yeah, when he's when he's wishing Luke. Luck oh, you're right. To you're right. To fight the Battle of the Death Star. You're right. Does he? Ever, but I mean, I don't think he ever does. Okay, and that's a he. He it comes off as ingenuous. It, it just yeah, it, yeah, very there. much so. Yeah, and disingenuous. Whereas, so yeah, so he never really had a moment where he acknowledged anything. You know, you had the moment where he got caught up on like you know, I'm I'm Luke's sister and all that, and he was just sort of like wah 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 wah. Right. Yeah, you never got to see I, him. 
I could be wrong, but I think this came up when we talked about Return of the Jedi. Is that to me one of the great missed opportunities of Return of the Jedi is the scene where Luke basically rescues everybody by levitating C-3PO when mm -hmm. the Ewoks are intent on eating everybody. And I think that that scene could have so benefited by, even if it was just a look, do it, you, you could do it comedically. You could have Han look at C-3PO, look back at Luke, look back at C-3PO, you know, do it do like a yeah. comedic double take and you'd never have to say there'd have to be no dialogue or anything. And Just that that look would be enough of an acknowledgement that hey, I did I see that? Yeah, I, I saw and that. And Harrison Ooh. Ford is a master of those kind and of he takes. He could have too. pulled it off. Yeah, and that scene right there would be that establishment. I'm trying, you know, that I'm trying to talk about that. I don't want to see in this movie that suddenly. Han believes and Han's a convert and Han's well, 30 the one years that's laying knowledge years of later, the force too. to these people because he you you talked about things that haven't been earned that's not been earned because we didn't see this character grow into that sage of the force well we saw him well I don't know how say you know I don't know if he's being sage or just, he says it's all true Right, but he, you know, he might not be able to tell you anything else about the force except. Like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the simple fact that you know that line alone, it's all true. Well, that's not where this character was when we met him in Star Wars. In Star Wars, it was you know a whole. It was, I'm trying to remember the line. You know, the, a lot of simple tricks and nonsense. Right. You know, and what I'm saying is. We never got to see him really grow from that. So, yes, it could have happened in that 30-year period, but God damn it, I, I don't... That's That, to me, is unearned. I, I want to see it. Don't tell me about it. I want to experience that. Well, Because that, to me, is one of... That's going to be a huge leap. If you're, because that's a fundamental change in this character. You know? But, and so that's yeah. why... I'm, 30, 30, the thing is, that's going to be the trick. 30 years have passed, so there's been plenty of time for him to have, like, thought about it, put it in perspective. And, I mean, he lived through it, so he saw all of it. And, and I thought about, I didn't like that line at first, but because I was like, it hasn't been that long ago, right? It's like, it, you know, I was like somebody going like, you know, Hitler and the Allies. It was all true, you know, to to some 20 year old now and they're like yeah i know i read about it in the history books and my grandpa told me about it you know so but then i as i thought about it the whole sith jedi thing i mean jedi wise there was just luke and yoda and we'll see the rest of the galaxy may not know this right. though because everything when the when the jedi are exterminated by palpatine and in, in revenge of the sith not long after that you know what? What's that famous quote? You know the to the, you know the the victors are the ones that re rewrite history right. or something to that effect, and that's what he did. Well, here's... he purged all databases of the basically the only thing that was left in like when Luke went to history class, for example, any references to the Jedi would have been for them to be criminals that tried to overthrow the government. Right. 
Right. So there were no Jedi heroes. So the only thing you heard is is people talking. Is their side of the story. Exactly. You heard Palpatine's propaganda that he put out there. Well, if you heard good and things anybody about the Jedi, it would be old drunk Pete down at the cantina. Right. Saying, and like, anybody I that remembered it. probably kept their mouth shut because if they didn't keep their mouth shut and said what they really knew, then the Empire arranged for them to mysteriously right. disappear. And so it, it seems like all the Jedi were, it, it seems like there were a lot, you know, a lot of people complain about how many Jedi are there you know in in these prequel movies you know there's all these jedis but when you spread them out over the galaxy the odds are most people in the galaxy are never going to see a jedi in their whole life and probably nobody related to them is ever going to see a jedi in their entire life you know right you know when when obi-wan cut off the the um assassin's arm in in the bar in episode two you know everybody went home that night going there was a jedi although probably in coruscant it's a little more common but they were like we saw a jedi a couple jedi in in you know el clubo rancho earlier and and (laughs) you know and people like oh holy shit you know so once the jedi were are gone you know all of it, I mean, it's like, in, in like if you, as you said, if they purged all the, 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 you know, memory banks of them, it's all just like conjecture yeah, and it falls into the realm of myth. Right. And, you know, there's people who've seen Jedi do force things, but it's like a friend of, I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend. So I could see how it's, and, and, and the, the happenings of, the happenings of, the start, you know, four through six are, you know, on one scale, you know, giant, you know, giant victory won by the Rebel Alliance and stuff. But the core characters are the ones who really, you know, they're almost the only ones who really know everything that's going on, you know. I mean, who knows how much of, I mean, the whole thing that happened with Luke vader and the emperor on the death star who knows if anybody's ever going to hear that story right yeah you know? luke might have been like yeah my father turned but you know has he ever sat down with c-3po and r2d and the emperor said to me this you know and or told leia or something he might not have you know it might not be something you'd want to sh- really share with somebody actually so mm. i can so once i started thinking about it the whole thought of like Jedi, Sith, and all that, just falling into total myth where pretty much nobody believes it as anything but just like a fairy tale or a distortion of, or you know, oh, oh the Jedi were a weirdo cult that you know they were like the thuggies or something, and you know people say they had mystical powers and stuff like that and their stories, but I can totally see that actually happening in 30 years. Especially in the middle of like, where you have bigger things to, to worry about, like, you know, a giant war happening in your galaxy, and they're also saying that this, um, now I I can't remember the name of the new Death Star thing, whatever base one or something, or base seven or something like that, um, Star Killer Base, isn't that what it is? I think, and uh, 
Uh, this, I don't know anything about this. The, well, well the, all the publicity of uh, anything official said about Starkiller Base is, is it's sort of a Death Star, but it's not a Death Star. But it has the it can knock out a galaxy or a good chunk of the galaxy. I don't know. Are we going to see a good chunk of the galaxy get wiped out like Alderaan or? It's possible. Mm. That was that was actually the biggest like mm, moment for me was when I saw the poster and was like, oh no, is that a Death Star? No, 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 no. Because I was just like, shit. It's and like, in the order of episode six and seven, it's just like, oh, one more. It's the next movie, and we got another Death Star. So I'm hoping there's some, some twist on it. My initial hope was that the Death Star was you know the rebels or the resistance had the death star this time and they roll up onto like coruscant or wherever you know and are just like hey <laughs> and and princess leia is sort of like all right i don't like the direction this is headed in or or whatever but i don't think that's gonna happen either i th I, I think it's definitely that snow covered planet that they're that they're on because you can see that the the there's like a death star trench running right through it so mm. there's there's speculation that it's basically underneath a planet they built it underneath a planet and at some point you know they just it just sheds the outer um layer of the planet which could be that scene of those trees getting knocked over and uh Although there's also a shot of like the red, a red beam, that red beam that they seem to be shooting out of wherever, wherever they are, there's a, trees blowing over and all red in that too. But then there's one of just snow covered trees. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what, what the hell is going on? It seems like there's a Death Star battle. And if it's all this is in the fir first third of the movie, could we see like Star Wars? not beat for beat but most of the major story beats of all of star wars like in the first 30 minutes could we well, you know i'm from you, you've got me thinking now that uh you know i was trying to think before we were talking about how the movie you know the trilogies mirror each other and phantom menace at you know toward the end of the movie mirrors you know the original star wars in the fact of it has a pseudo death star type battle with the the droid control ship and i was thinking you know how in the world are they going to do something like that in this and you know now that i'm mentally putting together all the snapshots of the x-wings and tie fighters fighting and dog fighting and everything that actually makes a certain amount of sense yeah. I, I don't want to read any of this out loud but if you go to uh wikipedia and type in star killer base uh, there's a lot of spoilery stuff about this that plays into the theory you're talking about. So, yeah, it, you see, I wonder how like I, I wonder how much be. of that is just speculation, like me, though. You know, I wonder how much of it they've gotten from some. Uh, you know, have the it's just, what's the official source that they've gotten that information from? You know, I, um, I, I is Wikipedia like somebody writing it, or can like any any old pete hesh in the world just go on and like add a up couldn't yeah i, I couldn't tell you i would assume 
that it's at least semi-official, but I, I honestly have not a clue. Yeah. Cause like I, I've just I've I've seen several things where they're like, ah, you might not want to read this about episode seven because it might be kind of spoilery, and I'm like, I just and keeping up with like the press that's coming out, and I'm like, there there haven't been any spoilers released, so you know, I mean, there's been a lot of people. I I I guess I should just say there's a lot of people calling speculation spoilers. Because they're like, right. it could possibly be a spoiler if they're right. right. So, I mean, well, right at the top of this page, it does say, you know, there is a spoiler warning on there. Like I say, I'm not going to read it, but it definitely plays into what you're talking about. You know, this is both cool and uh, worrying. Right. Same yeah. Because, yeah, you know, uh, I think we're feeling uh, the same third go around with the Death Star. You know, I. Uh, you know, but if they there was a it, great they, line, if they dispose in, of it in the first 30 minutes, though, that that'll be like, see, I'm not buying into that whole all everything we've seen is in the third first half hour of the movie thing. I'm just I think timeline throughout the whole thing. It seems yeah. more like that. But that's, you know, that's the story I've heard. If if yeah, if right. it's the first 33 minutes, it looks like there's like at least three set pieces in that 33 minutes. One of which seems to be like the desert planet and the Falcon being chased by TIE fighters. The, um, the battle on the, I don't know if they're on the moon of Yavin or just someplace. It looks like the moon of Yavin, but it looks like it it looks like the moon of Yavin's getting bombed. And then there's the battle with the, on the, over the ice planet, which may or may not be Starkiller base. All right, what Seems I don't get like a here, full movie's worth of set pieces, right? Yeah. What I what I'm not getting here, I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. Spoiler warnings: If you don't want to be spoiled on this, then you don't want to listen to this part. But according to to what it's saying here, is it kind of sounds like after the Battle of Endor, that this faction goes off to this planet. And I don't know if they find, I don't know if they create, whatever. But anyway, they're they're on this Star Killer thing, that is essentially a next generation Death Star. So I'm wondering that scene you're talking about with the red and the trees and all that, if that's them like testing the weapon, and then now they're back. You know, okay, it works, we're back, and that's you know that sets up the threat of the movie, but. If that were the case, then why does, for one thing, why is the rebellion now called the resistance? Why aren't they called, you know, the government or right. the new order or the whatever? Republic or and something why does like it that. seem like there's still a scrappy band of, you know, ragtag rebels? Why aren't they, you know what I'm saying? So why, why isn't it more a story of, you know, President Leia suddenly is alerted to the fact that unexpectedly the empire is back and, and has this super, you know what I mean? And that doesn't look like that's what the story is. No, it looks like, I mean, I think they're, I mean, I think they're going to use Carrie Fisher's age, <laughs> the, the way she looks to portray. Cause you, you know, I was skeptic and I don't think they're going to use Carrie Fisher a lot in this movie. I don't think she probably even want, you know, she's probably like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, I think they're going to use the the way she's aged to it's almost like 
a world, any kind of world leader, you know, when they're in office, they always, when they come into office, they always look young and fresh. And then you see a picture of them after the end of their term and they look like they've been through the ringer. And so Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're, I think she's been, she may not have been president Leia for 30 years, but she's been, you know, like whatever the equivalent of senator negotiator. She's probably held a lot of she's the general positions. Yeah, yeah. She's probably just worked through ranks and and been involved. Whatever she's been involved in the core of running, whatever it is, whether it would be the resistance to the resistance or whether it would be running the government, she would have been. And who knows? Maybe there was. Maybe there was 10 years after the rebellion where she where she was president of the galaxy, you know, and the rebellion st- tried to run things. But, you know, they were good at they were good at taking down the Death Star. But there was only like 500,000 of them. And once you started trying to make, quote unquote, make the trains run on time, maybe they weren't so good at making the trains run on time. And you got a little resurgence you you know maybe she got kicked out maybe the first order is the you know after after two terms of president leia the first order got elected you know now ah. cuz i'm trying to satisfy my own curiosity about I'm, some i'm highly stuff. suspicious things that just don't make sense i'm highly suspicious that it's just like an army of adoys out there just like adoying the way at you <laughs> Although I really thought like it, we would have had to have our shit together like a year ago, but we should have started craftily putting together photoshops of like a Yoda like <laughs> puppet with like a little tag on it that says a And we're like, well, we don't know if this is the character's final name, but here's a new, you know, whatever he is, he's the same, you know, rumor has it. It's a <laughs> Yoda's brother. That would I would have loved to have tried to like actually get a rumor going that a doy was going to show up in this movie. That's another that's another get out of jail free golden ticket. If a doy shows up, right? What wouldn't you say? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you be just like I would be, I would be amused. Yes. Now uh, here's my question. This I can't believe I forgot to ask this. What are your What are your plans to see it? Do you have tickets already? Oh no, no. I have adopted a total wait and see attitude about this movie because well, you're, you're, I mean you're not seeing it opening night now for sure unless you want to no. fork out some cash. There tickets no. for the for I don't know for the IMAX but for the Tinseltown Theater here, which is the 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 biggest theater in town and has the IMAX on it, they're going for two hundred and fifty dollars for open it for Thursday night. That's ridiculous. On you know in in Scalperland on you know like on Craigslist and stuff. Do you hear how much it is the opening at Disney is? <laughs> at the, the the I mean they're going for like two to five thousand dollars. For for to see it opening up on Disney that you know the people who've bought tickets ahead of time. There's one guy who spent twenty two hundred dollars and bought all the seats in a theater so he could watch it alone on opening night. Yeah, I heard about that. I kind of I kind of think that guy's a jerk, but at the same time I I do kind of have a respect for him, especially I hope he doesn't like scalp his go like, "Oh, wait, I could get 200 bucks each for these tickets and ching ching out." I hope he does sit there in the middle of the theater. Although, you know what? 
that would suck half the fun out of it, I think, is I think half half the fun of going to this new Star Wars movie or I think half of the jolt of adrenaline that I'm going to get is when a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away comes up on the screen and the and you, and you feel that audience just like, oh, I mean, episode one, the, 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 you know, when episode one started, you could have heard a pin drop in that packed sweaty theater and it's it's going to be the same way although maybe there you know people our age are going to be a little like like all right we'll see <laughs> but i don't know you know the thing about it is in the dark in a theater boom on the big screen you're seeing a new star wars movie there's that instant it's the physical it's the physical attraction, man. It's not the personality. I like Star Wars for its personality, too. Don't get me wrong. But Star Wars is hot, too, man. So, <laughs> so you know, when, when that, that mo- I mean, I, I felt that way when they re-released, when they re-released the special editions and I went to see them in the theater, you know, especially with Star Wars, you know, you sit there and it's just like I'm in a theater watching a Star Wars movie. It's one of the ultimate happy places I could be in my life, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the audience and people being wound up and loving it. I've even batted around the idea of sneaking in my recorder, not to record the movie and be like, oh, piratey about it, but to like just record, you know, like even before the movie, like the crowd but you know the crowd as the movie starts so uh, uh, so that defeats my other questions cuz i was going to ask if you're going to see it in 2D or 3D what, what when you go see it do you think you're going to what's your what what do you think your preference is going to be i didn't i wasn't even aware it was coming out in 3D so i uh, yeah i'll probably just do the t, the, the 2D the i i i i'm assuming the IMAX version is going to you know you can see it 2D 3D in the IMAX version will automatically be IMAX 3D. I'm well, I uh, I already got my tickets um for thurs the Thursday night at 8:30 which will not be the first showing. The first showing is at 7:30, but that's a 3D. And both Scott McGregor and I were both like, what do you want to do with 2D and we were both definitely 2D. And then I think Depending on the movie, <laughs> if 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 I'm loving it, I think my next step will be IMAX 3D just to check out what it is. I'm not prepared. I'm I'm prepared to be 1,000% underwhelmed with the 3D for it. I'm not. I I'm not really even that curious about the 3D aspect of it because I just haven't seen much of a reason to be enthused about 3d in general you know the occasional thing here and there but and i don't think that it was filmed for 3d you know so i don't think it's gonna have that oh it's a conversion i think it's a conversion because when you shoot in 3d you really limit a lot of the kinds of film cameras the angles you can use and everything 
you can't just film it like a normal movie. And I doubt they wanted to film a Star Wars movie under those constraints, you know, as a 3D movie. So, and it's, you know, double the equipment and it's just a whole logistical nightmare. So I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a really nice post 3D, but I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, I'm sure you're not going to have people tearing out their hair going, you got to go see it in 3D, man. So much better in 3D. I mean, basically, all, I've, I've stopped seeing all the big tentpole ones in 3D anymore. And then I hear about my friends who go see them in 3D and they go like, yeah, it was good, you know, but after after 10 minutes, I kind of forgot it was 3D except for a couple things flying at my head. And right. that's u- usually how it plays out. So I'm not in the 3D. I mean, all the 3D showings of it sold out instantly and the 2Ds sort of sat around for. I mean, we we got our 2D decent seats like very easily. It wasn't we didn't have to worry about it s- selling out, but the 3Ds went boom, gone. But. I think that's just people being spazzes and the 3d showings were earlier. So everybody wants to see the, the like first, first I'm, I'm surprised that the first screening of it isn't Thursday midnight, you know, or basically, you know, right on Friday. I don't know why they're showing it on Thursday. I don't, it's fine with me. Money is why they're doing it. Well, I'm going to be uh, awaiting your review, your your spoiler-free review with bated breath. Hello, Chris Honeywell here. Just making an editor's note as I edit this episode. Are you listening to this sucker here talking about getting a spoiler-free review of the new Star Wars movie from me? Does he not remember the last Star Wars movie, at least in numbered order, on episode six when I got the comic and immediately phoned him up to be like, Princess Leia's Luke's sister. (laughs) Good luck, sucker. Yours is the opinion that's going to matter to me because not to sound like a prick, but, you know, there are people out there that are watching Batman versus Superman trailers and going, oh, my God, this movie looks. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to hate me, but I didn't feel that way. But I was like, you know what? This shows pr- I, it sh- I, I actually no, see. Come on. I oh, don't, see, don't do this to me. Yeah. But oh, promise God. to me could be a complete train wreck, too. It could no. go either uh, as as a train wreck. I enjoy where where did you see promise in that trailer? I saw. Um, well, this is this is going to be funny. And, you know, I'm like, ah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't, uh, but God damn it! It's been so long since we talked. We could talk. No, we 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 need to we need to just stay clear of this subject. We got to wrap up anyway. I'll but. just I'll just say it real quick. It was Luther, Luthor. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, oh no, I don't think that's a good portrayal of Luthor, but it was the first time. Like, there's no character like that in Man of Steel. Somebody who's like, sort of a lot like. Not realistic, but like doing something, you know, doing something with their character rather than just sort of like flatly doing their character. There's a there's a yeah, there's there's a little bit of personality going on there. And it just and and the line, some of the lines seem a little snappier and it seems like, yeah, maybe the writer 
maybe you know Affleck's Argo writer and Affleck have wrestled some of the control away from this movie and are put are like it has a little more it has seems like it has a possibility to be a little more goofy and comic booky and I'm hoping that oh, you I don't have to get more that I'm I'm hoping that if they make Superman and Batman are friends by the halfway through the movie that would be a plus to it but it it wasn't the dour I I you know I would I I I will admit I would I I pushed play going like here we go and I was like all right all right I see that that was not that was not a painful train crash but then again it's just a trailer so we'll find out it's you know anyway Star Wars <laughs> so now I'm wondering whose review of Star Wars I can rely on when it comes out well here's the thing is do do you want my review of do you want me to go like this is what I thought of it or do you want me to go like this is what I think you're gonna <laughs> how you're gonna experience it because you, you know, I could do, I, I, like, if I gave my description, like, my description, like, if I was like, if you're like, what did you think of Man of Steel? I would have been like, oh, well, you know, I was enjoying the first 20 minutes of it and then blah, 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 blah. But for you, I was just like, you're probably not going to want to go see it. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? It was right. like, it's, 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 it's uh, just, if, if it's, if it's, I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm thinking. I probably will know if there's some point where it's going to just be a game changer for you. But I don't know if I could ever in my lifetime be like, ah, you probably shouldn't go to the new Star Wars movie, you know. But if you want me to, <laughs> I will. I will. You know. I'll, I'll. You know. Make my judgment of what I would would think of of you or I could just give my my thumbnail review of it but uh it, it depends on what you want but I don't see like I can I understand how you you were not sitting at home like ah, should I go see Man of Steel I don't know maybe I should go see it you were just like you made your decision and we're just like dum 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 have a sandwich and uh <laughs> Can you do that with Star Wars? Could you do? Could you? Could you resist not see have having a new Star Wars movie with the entire world is you know losing their mind either positively or negatively about it. You know, either way, over you know, going fucking apeshit bazooka bonkers crazy about about loving it or hating it or fighting about it. And never be like, ah, just want, you know, go check it out, you know? Been through it several times now, my friend. Been Not through it Star several Wars. times now. Not with Star Wars. That's the, that's the thing, you know? And you're, you're right. This is the big one. It's Star Wars. <laughs> you know, could, could I? You sound like Red Fox. What? It's a big one. Oh, well, yeah. But no, it, I mean, it is. This, you know. Ah. Uh, but I don't think I could ever. I don't think I could ever do. If it. I thought that it was going to taint the whole thing for me somehow, then yeah, I think I could. You know? Yeah, I mean, I could understand that too. 
I almost because I mean, look look at it this way. I mean, I virtually ignored the the EU for almost its entire existence, and this isn't all that different from that. Yes, it's a new movie and all that, but you know, I mean. I, I don't know who came up with this. It's become a kind of a, a, a popular, you know, push button phrase, you know, in geeky circles lately. But I like this idea of our own personal continuity when it comes to right. particular projects or, you know, particular properties, because it does make it somewhat easier and somewhat more palatable when they come in and just upset the Apple cart. Sure. To go, well, you know what? I'm not on board with that. I'm just going to stick with my own personal continuity. I would, I would have to think it would, like, for it to be, like, don't go to see this. It's going to taint your experience of, of all the Star Wars before this. It would have to be, like, an abomination, no, it, no, that's the thing. That's the see. But that's that's, the, but I, I, that's I know what you're gonna say. It doesn't have to be totally bad. No, that's or, the thing. Is it doesn't have to be bad at all. Is it's so hard to explain because this is the thing I. If it doesn't, you're, you're work playing me, into my fears be on this because this is exactly what I don't want people to take away from this. Is that I'm somehow down on this movie, <laughs> and that I, you know, I'm I'm gonna actively protest right. and nobody should go and I'm that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me personally might not be such a good thing to go I'll give you the best example I can think of in 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 modern times was Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 comes out everybody and their brother loves that movie. I watched it and I walked away to just crushingly oh, depressed. I remember I the never moment needed... when you and I talked about that, and I saw yeah. it, and I loved it, and I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to hear like to talk about with Scott Gardner about how much we love this movie and the like." Intense disappointment, both of us, when we both realized when I realized you didn't like it, and you realized that that's the thing. It. It's not that I didn't like it. it, it it's this it. I, that is actually probably the very best analogy I can think of when when talking about this new Star Wars movie is that I never needed Toy Story 3. I never asked for it. I never needed it. And when I got it, all it did was make me sad because you're seeing these toys at the end of their life as it relates to Andy's life because Andy's now a young man and he's grown up and it's time for him to put away childish things. And that just wasn't a story that I needed to see, you know? And, and, and that has, it has no reflection on the movie. I'm not saying the movie's good, bad, or, or otherwise. I thought it was a, a very well-put-together movie. It was a, it was a well-told story and everything. But at the end of the day, for my personal Toy Story continuity... It's a story I'd rather have never gotten because it, it, it changed the way I felt about things. It was just really sad. You know, you're yeah. picking up all these years later, you know, after the happily ever after and finding out it's not really happily ever after because look at what happens to no, them. No, it gets – I mean, Toy Story 3 gets – and I'm not even talking about them at the gates of hell by the end of it. Right. But the yeah, story it, itself is very dark. And I, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, 
there there are a lot of movies out there in my life that I I really really love that are at the end of them whether it was a one-shot movie or whether it was even a series of movies at the end of them they have an ending that you know as much as I love the franchise and and maybe have that twinge in the back of my mind of how could you do another one? You know, how could you do further adventures? I, I also realized probably best not to because there's certain stories that are best ended where they end. Well, this is what know? we were talking about in episode three. <laughs> What's that? This is what, this is where we were in episode three when we were sort of throwing up our hands going, I don't know how I would write episode seven. There's just, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, and that that's kind of the thing is that at the end of the day, now I'm not taking this is the thing I want to make very clear. I'm not here to 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 piss on anybody's parade. You know, if if you're excited about episode 7, if you're jazz, you can't wait, you know, are the teasers, the trailers, everything is got that's I'm I'm happy for you. That's awesome. I'm talking about my personal Star Wars experience. I just, you know, I'm I'm really really nervous about this movie because I don't know, you know, there there are times when it's just best not to peek behind the curtain, you know? Well, because I'm, it can it can ruin the experience for you. I'm speaking of, with experience yeah, here. Yeah. Unlike Toy Story I, 3 though, this one at least is a beginning. It's it's a beginning of a trilogy rather than a a a, a bittersweet and well, although there might you don't be some know good... that though it's the beginning for, for, the new for these new characters but i'm talking about see at this point i'm uninvested i don't give a shit about Faye and dingo and all these other whatever the hell their names are i don't care about them yet right i care about luke skywalker and i don't know Actually, I do know. That's not true. I was going to say, I don't know that I want to see 60-year-old Luke Skywalker. I actually do know I don't want to see 60-year-old Luke Skywalker. I'm kind of in. I saw Mark Hamill <clears throat> excuse me, recently when he was down here for Star Wars Weekends last year. You know, God love him. He's, he's one of my childhood heroes. You know, I, I think he's a great guy and everything. It's it's just it, I know it's going to make well, me sad. Well, I just know it's going to make me sad, and I don't I don't want to be sad about Luke here's, Skywalker. Here's, I don't want to be sad about Princess Leia and Han Solo being old and fat because there's not a goddamn thing they can do about it. Well, they can't well, change that's, that. That's that's yeah. Well, that's age. <laughs> that's life. Exactly. Too. But you know, um, I I think I'm hoping what's been learned a lot in the cinema of recent times well it goes in phases because in the 70s you know a lot of your leading men and like steve mcqueen type guys i mean steve mcqueen was in movies when he was young too but like when he was like leading man he's like 50 years old you know he was already getting into his shatner you know girdle mode and nowadays there there was like in the 80s if they would have made this movie in the 80s and the characters were this age they, they would have like spackled makeup on them and been like, okay, how can we get these guys to look young again? And I'm betting there is an amount of that actually going on, especially with Carrie Fisher. But I just, I, I watched this movie and I think 
you would probably find it really interesting called Bone Tomahawk, and it's a western with Kurt Russell in it. With, <laughs> we are getting so far with, off top. Well, here's here's know. where I'm getting. Kurt Russell's like what, seventy five years old now, and like <laughs> wow. when you see like him as Snake Plissken or something kicking ass and stuff. So he's seventy five years old, but he's like a sheriff going to fight cannibals in this or whatever. But he's he's playing his age, you know. He's play he's playing he's playing a character who's old and gristled. And and I'm hoping that Luke's got so you know since Mark Hamill's got some gristle on him, that this Luke's got some gristle and the and. They don't just they don't try to be like, let's get him as close as old Luke as we can looking like old Luke. I hope they embrace the age of these guys and that's use their see, that's age not and even wisdom. What I'm talking about. All right. Let me let me see if I can put it a different way. Yeah, I know. You just don't say, you don't want to see it. It, it. All whether they're doing good or bad, next, you just don't want to see it. No, it's not even whether they're doing good or bad. It's it, well, it's kind of that they're not they're not living happily ever after right let me let me put it this way next year is going to be 2016 so that's 30 years since you and i graduated high school so say the day we graduated high school you and me that was the last time we saw each other so i'm working uh what the hell was i working then arby's i think so i'm working at arby's right and i just graduated high school and this is 1986 we shake hands, we part ways, and then suddenly you run into me in June of, of 2016. It's been 30 years. We run into each other, and I'm still, you know, scraping the grill or whatever at Arby's, and I'm thinking about maybe going to community college or something, but I'm still living in Carthage and, you know, bumming around, and, you know, life's all right, but... And nothing's changed. I mean, wouldn't you feel sorry for me? Wouldn't you be like, Jesus, dude? You know, you'd feel awful. And yeah. that's not how I want to feel about Luke, Han, and Leia. I don't want to look at them 30-plus years later and go, God damn, I thought you defeated this empire. And and you're, you're still here? You're still, you know, hanging out in caves and, and looking at you know, display screens and try to With figure out how to the, the guys in white. I, I don't really. And that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, Admiral it, Akbar still sitting there on the side, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, it, it may look really pretty and be really, hell, it might be a great story, but at well, the end of the day, that's these where are it gets, childhood that, heroes and I want them to have done better in their that's, lives. That's where that's where it gets into that's where it gets into danger land with me because that's where it falls into pandering, you know. And and and, and it would be and and that's where I run into the into darkness warning of pandering that's not pandering that you want. You know, there's pandering that I want. There's 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 some, you know, I mean, like comedy, there's certain like great example would be the Pink Panther movies. Once you get into the later Pink Panthers, it still had Peter Sellers. By that point, they okay. established all the stuff that people found hilarious about a, a Pink Panther movie and they gave it to you again, but they gave it to you a little bigger, or a little different. Or But it was you got to, you, you know, it was like, OK, I know Cato is going to attack him when he comes into the house. 
and it's going to be, you know, they got to beat the last fight of it. And that's the kind of pandering that works, you know. And there's a certain pandering in Star Wars where if you're going to, you know, you're pandering on less specific things. I do want to see spectacular battles um, leap in the, the way either in ingenuity or technology or both. I want to see a, especially a leap in ingenuity. I want to see new stuff that looks like it belongs in this world that's already this old, you know, already established old world. But you come up with new stuff that belongs there that you go, oh, yeah, OK, that's a Star Wars ship right there. You know, that's the kind of pandering that I'm fine with. But the the pandering of like, uh, here we are with, you know, it's 30 years later, but they're gen, you know, things things have happened. But they yeah, they're generally in the same place they were when we last saw them. That's or worse. Yeah. yeah. And if that's the kind of pandering, that's the kind of pandering that nobody wants. You know, it's like, oh, you like that was what Wrath of uh Wrath of Khan into darkness was was oh you like this there's this and it's like no I don't like this that's not what I wanted you know is that really true though that nobody wants that because it seems like that's what everybody wants except me there's people that want this and and you know I mean you know how the levels of fandom go and it's even more pronounced in Star Wars but it's the same with the superheroes you see people all the time with with t-shirts with Superman and Batman on it and they may may never have read a Superman or Batman comic or maybe have seen one movie. They may not have even seen movie. They they like the Superman logo. And there's people who are like <coughs> <coughs> Oh, I love Star Wars and they do love going to see Star Wars movies, but they don't really remember anything that happens or any you know, they right. don't really remember the story from movie to movie, you know, or anything. They I like you know, I like the job of the hut, you know, and he was funny. And stuff like that, and that's a good chunk of the population too, you know. Yeah, so, know. but I don't know. I think fandom is sophisticated enough these days that if this movie is pulls is too hard, it, it goes too heavy on the pandering. That they will well. If it's the greatest movie that's ever been made, ever, that I've ever seen in my life, you know, there's going to be a good chunk of the internet that's going to go after it with torches and pitchforks anyway. But, you know, I think, I think, I think, I think, I'm not talking dollars and cents. How how do you think the movie will do? And I'm not talking money because I think it'll make shit tons of money, even if it sucks. As being a successful Star Wars movie? Yeah, I mean, cri- you know, critically with the fans, and I don't critically even, not- with the fans, and probably with me. And this is how I'm. This is this is what I. If I wanted to, like, if I was, if okay, we'll just say I'm being forced into a corner to prognosticate on this. I think that there's just no way that you can recreate the amount of fan rage for the, 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 that was held towards the Phantom Menace when it first came out and is even to this day of just like, oh, it was an awful movie. I think that it, 
J.J. Abrams and Disney and everybody are so <clears throat> painfully aware of the the trouble spots in in the in the you know the prequels that they're not gonna they're not gonna make those mistakes again, but that doesn't mean there's a million other mistakes left to make you know besides that but the most obvious one is jj abrams trying too hard to be like i'm gonna make i don't want it to be a nostalgia piece i don't mind having feelings of nostalgia in it i mean it's gonna have i mean it's a star wars movie with the original characters in it with john williams music ben burt sound design it's gonna make me feel i'll be in a movie theater dark movie theater and it's going to make me feel nostalgic. But I don't want that shoved in my face. I don't want a triple shoved in my fucking face. I want I want I want it to be earned. And I'm hoping that the well JJ Abrams, you know, Star Trek was messed up, but you got to also remember a director's responsible but when you get in these big movies, the director also has there's other powers with it. And J.J. Abrams is not Steven Spielberg and Disney is huge. And the pressure on him to to be fully aware of what he's doing, you know, with this movie and make sure that it's like, OK, that pressure is going to work to the good and the bad in the movie. And I, in my prognostication, I think I will, I think I will walk out of the movie going, that was really good. But at the same time, it's not going to be, it's not going to break new ground too much. You know what I mean? It's not going to be this new novel thing. Like the, 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 the prequels were it's going to be like all right that felt like a star wars movie it's almost like that point where your favorite band goes from playing small big big theaters to playing stadiums and all of a sudden they have a fan base i mean star wars now has to please us <laughs> it has to please general audiences who are dumb as shit as to please little kids. So in order to do that, you have, you get a general, like what is it? Would it even be watering down would be a good description of it or a sort of soft focus put on it. And you could see that happen from empire to Jedi. There was some, you know, in Jedi, the Jedi had obligations to fill. It had to, wrap up these stories it had to explain some stuff all by by the end of it and bring it to an end and it had like some agendas so it had to work things forward and it had to make the now huge audience i mean when i went to see jedi that was when the crowd was wrapped three times around the theater waiting to see it it was just the culmination of everything star wars and at that point, you know, and Spielberg was getting like this too around that time period. They're feeling like, all right, 
we have a responsibility now. We've attracted all these kids to our movies. So, you know, Spielberg, although Spielberg did make Temple of Doom, there was almost a more uh, a pulling back of it, you know, or, or you know, the, the Ewoks in in um, in Jedi were were blatantly just pointed at, you know, kids as either like toys that kids would like or or characters that kids would identify with in some way. So and it, it had a little more kiddie feel to it. You know what I mean? And it, it didn't have the natural as much of the natural feel of Star Wars and Empire and which was impossible as it being the end. So I think we're going to have a little more of that. I don't I think he's going to purposely like avoid the all the all the kiddiness of this movie is going to be in BB-8, you know. And and R2 and 3PO will say have some funny things to say, but they might be more like appeal towards the teenagers and then you'll have the main story for the adults and all that but all that you know gives it and plus it's 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 a disney property now when when you watch um rebels star wars rebels the characters the character design the voices of the the characters are very you know it's got a very disney feel so I'm wondering, is that going to, is there going to be a little of that in, in Star Wars? But then again, there's always been a little of that in Star Wars anyway. So you yeah. don't really have to add any more. You know? I'm glad you said that because I can remember, you know, because I, I get a little annoyed with people that, uh, that are, you know, always kind of sneering about, you know, the Disney connection and that Disney now owns Star Wars. I Such still a make natural it, It's a great fit because I can remember... You and I walking out of, uh, excuse me, out of Return of the Jedi as kids, and calling the Ewok celebration a very Disney ending. I distinctly yeah. remember that, and that yeah. was years before my, you know, interest in Disney. So even back then, we recognized that the Ewoks, and particularly the big Ewok celebration finale was disney-esque very disney-esque so yeah i don't understand this criticism that that people have that just because it, it, you know it's being produced by disney that somehow it's going to to ruin it and, you know, that, i don't you know, think the, it'll the be... millennium falcon's gonna fly through it's a small world at some point in the movie or something i mean that's just ridiculous i you know? i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that there might be a hidden mickey in there somewhere but i think that would be awesome you know yeah, if you if you did something like that, you know, something some as subtle, long as it wasn't obtrusive, you know. Yeah, yeah, some subtle little Easter egg that somebody's gonna pick out of their Blu-ray someday. Yeah, well, look at the one that's in in Tron. I mean, I watched that yeah. movie for decades before I realized that there's a huge, blatant. I mean, it is massive, a massive, blatant hidden Mickey in that movie that I I didn't catch for literally decades. So. Yeah, I, yeah I, stuff I, like that is fine. I mean, they had ET in the in the in the ET or the ET race and right, you know, episode one. So I had long said that one of the things that could have got me watching um, Clone Wars again is if they'd had Jedi Mickey just kind of saunter by in the background in one scene, but it never did happen. 
And the thing is, it could have happened, you know. You could have, should have. have some sort of mouse creature, space creature that looks sure. like Mickey Mouse. Why not? But that said, I, I can just imagine that there's people that are groaning into their their uh, headsets about that idea. But Yeah, you groan too know. much and we won't have another podcast for six months. So uh, <laughs> maybe you ought to shut your yap. Well, you know, they asked for this. I don't know. I, I really, I lately it seems like every time we do a Two True Freaks, I end up saying the same thing. I, I hope that I don't end up catching a lot of flack about no. this. But No, I feel I'm... I'm not down on it. It's no. just I worry, you know. I, I've lost too many things that are just too near and dear to me, you know, in recent years. And I don't want Star Wars to be another victim of the modern way, you know. I, I you see, I, I it's funny because maybe I can be a little more doopy 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 doo. Maybe I'm just a little more emotionally detached. Maybe I've you know, sectioned it off in my uh, brain in a denial section or something. So I can just be like, ah, you know, and I, 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 I know this. I mean, like I, I could see seeing it and being satisfied, but mildly disappointed. And then two years from now, really liking it and like watching it over and over again, you know, right. it's hard to say it's, it's the the thing is it's like it's um i like we said when we were talking about star trek the first new trek and we were like you know it was a good star wars movie and a lot of people have said that it was it was it, it was more it was an action movie with with characters in it so you know ap- apply that positive aspect to star wars and and you're you're cooking with gas there's there's potential for that. And I mean, I've tried to think of other directors that that are out there. And there's there's a bunch of other directors that I could think of that would be good for for a Star Wars movie. But maybe there's something about J.J. Abrams being and and I've often wondered this. Could it be because Disney is, is does Spielberg only do movies for his own company now for what is it? SG, whatever it is. Amblin, isn't Amblin, it? Amblin, yeah. But it's like Amblin SG. It's the initials of the three people who oh, I, who own it when, when Spielberg is the first. But anyway, wh- why isn't Spielberg directing this? I don't know. Too busy with other projects? I, don't, I really don't know. How? I, I mean... Even if you're Steven Spielberg and someone said, hey, you know, you want to direct the new Star Wars movie? I mean, basically, he directed chunks of episode three. Well, isn't one of the things that he was involved with uh, in direct competition with? Because wasn't he one of the people with DreamWorks and all that? Yeah, he's yeah, I think Dream, yeah, DreamWorks S- SKG. Yeah, yeah, that right there. Spielberg, Katzenberg, and somebody else. That right there would probably prevent Disney from... uh, Oh, right. Wasn't Katzenberg used to work for Disney? Yeah, he was one of the the guys. Damn it. See, I would love to see a... a, Like, Steven Spielberg would... I mean, Steven Spielberg comes from the same DNA as George Lucas... So having it have a Spielberg edge to it, it always had a Spielberg edge to it. 
and he would probably pull back enough to, um, um, you know, not make it too Spielbergy to ma- and work within the Star Wars vision, and Steven Spielberg and John Williams working together. Come on, <laughs> hmm. I mean, you know, George Lucas and John Williams working together. John Williams is the master of Star Wars music, but I'll bet you it's not as fluid of a collaboration with the editing and stuff. Like, I'll bet you Spielberg and John Williams working together on a movie are like, you know, two dance partners who've known each other for 30 years, you know? Yeah, but that might not necessarily be a good thing because I, I tell you, and quite, you know, quite honestly, one thing I am looking forward to with this new movie is now granted all all I have to base this off of is you know the the little bit of stuff we've gotten with the teaser and the trailer and all that but I would like to think that Abrams is kind of forcing and you know I say forcing in air quotes but kind of forcing Williams to bring his A game Mm. because as much as I enjoy the scores for the prequel trilogy they're not they're just frankly not as they're not what they should be let me just that way but you know then again i don't feel like williams has brought his a game in a long long time the prequels i like the themes that he put in you know i'm putting the new themes into it i liked the uh you know the duel of the fates I thought I, I right. didn't. I did not like the Duel of the Fates at first, but then I actually started really digging it and thinking it 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 really worked. It was just something different. But already on, but it was basically like he had the big themes in there, but in the in the just general watching of the movie. Now a lot of times it's like Ben Burt. He's affecting you, but it's subliminal. But it doesn't. But when so he's still doing a really nice soundtrack, but it's not going to play out like when you listen to the Empire soundtrack and see the movie right. play right. out. Like I was playing the Empire soundtrack at work, and my coworker goes, "You're probably playing the movie to this in, in your head." And I picked up a pan, oh, yeah. and I go, "Right now, the Millennium Falcon is doing this, and here's an asteroid." And I was flipping, you know, right out, right along to the movie with the. And I'm like, yeah, you bet your ass I'm playing the movie in my head right now. And, uh, but with this, the, like, I mean, it's, it's doing, and Star Wars Rebels has a lot of this too, like the, the big themes from Star Wars in, you know, you hear them in the soundtrack of it, and it's almost like a cut and paste, although they have their own stuff going on. But once again, it's kind of incidental sounding. But... This one has that one theme that just starts with a piano clinking that at first I just sort of dismissed it. And then it was on another trailer where you hear the clinking goes into the actual, it's like a four or five note melody. And it's kind of like the a romantic theme, like the Han and Leia theme, but it's tinged with evil and then it just goes into this weird, like almost romantic, you know, good, good John, good light side of the force, John Williams, 
mixed with a really stripped down version of um, the Imperial March. It's just going dun, dun, dun. You're talking about, yeah. And uh, and it transitions from that, like, and you can tell that's probably that girl Ray's theme, or the theme for the the, you know, the Force theme at the variation on the force theme but then you have the the evil themes got this like rich romantic thing that sound that doesn't sound as evil while at the same time sounding very evil and i was just i i've been digging it and i'm i'm thinking along your lines maybe we're gonna get like our first like you know beautiful sounding john williams fully you know what I mean? Beginning to end, it's a piece, right? Type yeah. thing. Oh well, yeah, that you know where the character, where the music is part of the story, it's and it's it just as much a character as as the people we see on the screen. Which I'm sorry, I just don't feel that way about the prequel scores. I, I it has moments. Scores, and yeah, and they do, and they have moments. Um, there, there were moments where I could, I could hear the old John Williams, and there are moments that you know I really do like. I'm not, you know, just dismissing them out of hand, but taken as a whole, they, you know, they're just, they're, they're not what I know he could be. Right. And part of that could be, you know, what he was working with. Part of that could be the direction he was receiving from George Lucas. Who knows? But I'm just hoping that. You know, maybe that unfamiliarity of working with, you know, a, a new director and everything and with Abrams being, you know, this big self-professed Star Wars fan that maybe he will kind of make Williams bring his A game. That if he doesn't like it and he doesn't think it works, he'll make him, you know, go back and do it again. Whereas I don't know that spielberg and uh, and lucas necessarily have that relationship any with him anymore they may be because right. they're so used to collaborating that maybe they just kind of you know let him roll with it and do his own thing and i'm i mean i'm purely speculating but my ear tells me i'm i'm probably onto something because i'm telling you as much as i love john williams i'm not slagging the guy he's my favorite film composer but he just hasn't really delivered that, that, you know, late seventies through the eighties quality John Williams score that I know he can do. You know, I mean, the man had a, a string of classics that are acknowledged as some of the greatest film scores ever composed that were in a stretch between Jaws and I would say Hook being really the last one, and every since then has just been pale comparisons they were and they were each like this distinct entity yeah you know they they i mean you uh, you put one on and you're like oh here's raiders of the lost ark you know yep. instantly you know you you it's it, they've got while still having that john williams feel yeah yeah i mean even that's hard to maintain even the sequels were were distinct from each other you know you had installments of the same franchise and were still distinct entities in their own. How, I mean, how do you pull that off? Other yeah. composers, composers can't do that, but he could. And so it is disappointing when you get a, a new movie scored by Williams and it's just, 
not what you know it can be. So I'm I'm hoping with this one that uh, that it really is a return to the old John Williams. Shouldn't we be? Um, don't they usually put out the the soundtrack by now? I mean, I think that's what I, happened I with heard, the prequel. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is true, but I had heard that they're actually holding it back because they don't want a, a Qui Gon's noble end scenario well, to did, happen. Again, there was a so. meme that was. Did you see the meme going around? That's like, that was the back cover of the the Force Awakens CD. No. Oh, it was great. It, well, it had it had Han Solo's noble end, and then it's just, <laughs> it, it was just. I think it was like Chewie kills an Ewok. R two D two kicks BB. It, it it started out with like you know you know opening theme, Ray's theme. You know, and you didn't get to, and then third down, it was like Han Solo, you know, the death of Han Solo is like, oh, geez. And then, and then it just started getting ridiculous to, you know, (laughs) beating up BB-88 and on and on. But it was, it was pretty, it was pretty well Photoshopped too. It looked (laughs) like, it looked like a, a photocopied, you know, scanned back cover to a CD. That's too bad. I was hoping, I, you know, I wish they'd just put it out track one, track two. <laughs> right. That would be really cool because I'd really like to hear it. I'd really be curious. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but we are way over my time. So <laughs> we've got to wrap this puppy up. But, oh, uh, yeah. And I, got I think it was this. a solid episode. I, I think we did uh, a really good one. I'm, I'm, I'll be very curious what the uh, listeners will have to say about this. Yep. Well, Hopefully they won't uh, flay me alive on the Internet. But uh, and when we'll the, see. When the, hopefully they'll have the, we'll have a couple weeks. It will still be a little more than a week. They'll have to to hear this and then then the movie will be out and then then it'll be this weird situation where everybody's seen the the movie but you and then every and they've heard this <laughs> podcast and they're all racing to tell you to see it or not see it well i mean i'm not going to go a ridiculous amount of time without seeing it i'm not racing right yeah. out to see it right yeah. away but i'm you know i, I, I just do have, don't i i, I just, have a i have a secret plan to see it okay so. okay uh, you see, I just don't. I I I can't see skip skipping it. The curiosity, just you know, the fact of you got like John Williams and Ben Burt, and you've got like the writer of Empire, and then you but you've got new people in there. It's just like I, it, I, my I, curiosity I, factor is just like I have to see it for the job roof. knowledge alone, if nothing else. So, you know. But uh, but no, I mean, I definitely do plan to see. I tell you what I do, what I would really like, though, in the in the little bit of time that we have between the release of this episode and when the movie does hit, I would really like to hear from any listeners that have listened this far in the episode that are kind of feeling that same trepidation whether it's you know for the reasons i stated or their own different reasons <laughs> i know one guy on our facebook page right off the bat <laughs> greg kirkman Who's that? Uh, shout out yeah. to greg kirkman i know he's got a lot of trepidation about what could possibly go wrong yeah but i'm sure there's more people there's a lot of people that just don't want to, you know, they're just like, I'm just going to wait till the movie's <laughs> out. Yeah. We all know. And <laughs> before I get, I, you know, it's that, that's why I think I'm so emotionally withdrawn. Cause I don't want to, I don't, I, I've got enough stress in life. I don't want to stress out about seeing a new star Wars movie. Right. Yeah. Tell me about it. And, 
and whatever whatever I'm saying now, who know that that walking into the theater with the ticket in my hand, and I'll be there with uh, I'm going with uh, Scott McGregor and his girlfriend uh, Sarah Tonin, and I'm sure we're just gonna you know just gonna be like, and I'm sure there's gonna be people there in stormtroop. I'm sure there's just gonna be a packed house of people all just revved up. So I do wish we could see it together. That would be awesome, man. That, that would be that would be awesome because it would be uh, uninterrupted, actually uninterrupted from episode six to episode seven. Because we saw episodes, um, you saw we saw Jedi at the same time, right? But you were just like in the back. I think we did go to see it. I know we saw Empire together. But it you wasn't... were you were a Jedi when David or David. Um, or whatever. Um, why can't I remember his last... David Redfield yelled, He's underwater, Luke! Oh, that's, no. That's Empire. That's That was Empire. No, that was... It's funny, I just told that story on a show not long ago, too. He's underwater. But, no, I, I can't remember the specific circumstances, but I'm sure we must have seen Jedi, Jedi together. together. Oh, we definitely saw I know, together. I, 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 I saw Empire together. I remember seeing Empire together. I can't remember off the top of my head of us seeing Jedi together, but I'm sure we must have. Oh, yeah. we. I'm sure we saw it multiple times together. Yeah. But, yeah, that so, that would be a... Yeah, it would be a... It would be a continuous <laughs> Star Wars, you know? At least a numerical... Uh, yeah. Order. Eh. We'll see it. We'll see yeah. it together. Soon, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll go check my I'll go check my coin bank and see if I got enough to to fly down to Florida. <laughs> Get me a two thousand dollar Disney ticket. There you go. Well, I think that about wraps us up for this time. Uh, just remember, folks, you heard it here first. Kylo Ren is Jackson. A doy. We got a ten dollar bet shop at amazon.com please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there if you use this link to go to amazon and then you shop two true freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra so you get to shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time visit our website at twotruefreaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Last month, we got the sad news that a listener and Facebook page member, uh, David Sopko, had passed from a, a sudden illness. And on behalf of myself, Scott Gardner, and the entire True True Freaks family of podcasters, I'd like to express our, you know, extreme condolences for this family and friends. And we all wish you the best. And on behalf of True True Freaks, I'd like to dedicate this episode to him.